Come on, Google. All right. <laughs> and we are live. Welcome to the Iron Lords podcast, episode number 54. And it's another glorious Sunday, and we are back at the round table on the Lord's Day. I'm extremely excited about our special guest, and we've got Nintendo Direct and Inside Xbox presentations to discuss, so we're going to get right into it. I want to introduce a Lord who is not only critical to the vitality of the gaming industry, but in my opinion, represents the few to truly have a finger on the pulse of the culture. This Lord is a true gamer who is extremely personable, down to earth, and it is always a pleasure to hear his informative viewpoints on both the Super Deformed Games cast and the Basement Radio Arcade podcast. Introducing the United States video games industry analyst of the iconic NPD group, the Lord of precise analytics, detailed industry trends, and the man responsible for getting overly sensitive fanboys in their feelings every month. Making his debut into the realm of the Lords. My man, Lord Matt Piscatella. How you doing, sir? Holy cow. Wow. <laughs> You're in the realm oh, of the Lords, man. Jeez, <laughs> uh, what do you I uh, thanks? That's like you talking to me. Huh? All right, cool. Thank you. Hi. Good uh, good to be hanging out with you guys. Thank you. Absolutely, man. You're a lord at what you do. We really respect your work, man. Huge, huge fan. I love tuning in to the SDGC and, and BRAP and always respect your, your viewpoints. Very, very solid, man. Really appreciate you. And a pleasure to have oh. you actually on the show. Thank you. Right on. Thank you. Absolutely. And of course, we have the four horsemen of gaming, those usual suspects at the round table. My co-host with the co-most, my brother from another mother will be joining us soon in progress. But of course, we have our most technical gaming lord. The solo gamer who lives for the single player selfish experience and also the Lord of Receipts. Mr. Offline Profile Illuminati. My man, Lord Sovereign. How are you doing, sir? Doing good, man. Glad to be at, at, at at least 75%, you know, going yeah. Voice sounded better. Yeah. Yesterday. Voice sounded better. Yeah, yeah. yesterday I, I was still sounding horrible yesterday. And the funny thing is, like last Sunday after the show, like I just kept going downhill. To the point where I told, <laughs> I, I told white girls, like, we got to go to the doctor. So I get to the doctor and I'm wow. like, no, my, my throat is hoarse. I'm not feeling too great. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, they do a slew of tests or whatever. They're like, yeah, um, so you have uh, walking pneumonia. And Whoa. in, addi in addition to that, in addition to that, in addition to walking pneumonia, <laughs> you have you have an, a, a throat infection and ear infection. I'm like, oh, OK, so. I'm on the cusp of death, you're telling me. I had no, <laughs> I had no idea. Had no, no clue, but all you thought was a sore throat? Yeah, I just like, wow. my voice My voice is wow. gone. And so, yeah, I have I have all the drugs, though. All the drugs. So you're antibiotic up? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm good to go. Okay, okay. Yeah, don't scare us like that. Yeah, that's that's pretty serious. So. Yeah, man. I was like, I my, my eyes opened. I said, really? I mean, what the heck? Like, where did this come from? But, you know. <laughs> Well, we're glad to have you back in the realm of the Lord's healthy and no, hopefully pneumonia free. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> no doubt. And of course, we have the excess gamer. Ooh. The Lord of Combat Sports, who is a man of his convictions, demands nothing less than that premium experience. It is the Tiki Torch Extinguisher. Ooh. Beloved Lord King. How you doing, sir? Who 
Oh, oh my God. Do you understand how good I'm feeling today? The boxing gods showed praise last night over these two combat individuals. Now, you know, you had a lot of combat going on last night, and I'm just going to get to the cusp of the fantastic fight that you had in front of you, brought to you by, guess who, again? Who? Who? Al Heyman and Showtime, Showtime Boxing. Boxing. You, you're Showtime a huge fan. I know you're Boxing a huge fan. is not playing this year. They're not playing this year. They're putting butts in seats, and they're getting that heart racing. Now, let me tell you something about Sergei Lippinjets. All right, now Sergey Lipinjets was fighting Mikey Garcia. Mikey Garcia was a twenty to one favorite. You couldn't tell Sergey Lipinjets this because he was the champion. You understand? He went to Texas to fight Mikey in Mikey's backyard. Mm -hmm. The balls on this kid. Mm. He is. He was uh twenty, I think twenty two years old, young kid, and. I could do nothing but root for this kid because I saw it in his face when everybody's in the stadium is against you. Mm, he was yeah, up yeah. against he's like, it. I respect that. He's like, you're, it's like a, you're on the road, right? Like, yes, sir. I respect that. That's a lot of heart. Yeah, tell they, it. Said his, they said his name. They said the champions, and he's a champion. They said his name, and he got booed. His wife mm. was there. She was in hostile territory for her husband. <laughs> You paint the picture, man. Yes, man. You know why? Because it tugged at my heartstrings. This boy was there. It was a rocky moment he was going to have. And he was up against an exceptional talent and Mikey Mm -hmm. Garcia. And Mikey Garcia did not let anyone in that stadium down. Mm -hmm. These guys pitched a war, I'm Mm -hmm. telling you. They pitched a war, a, a fourth, back and forth, left, right, left, right. They was hitting each other with punches that was so beautiful. <laughs> they were hitting each other at the same time. It was like a Rocky movie. It was it was insane. It was just Mikey's an exceptional talent. Lippinzietz was trained and is trained by the great Buddy McGirt. I... Ask oh, buddy, anyone. I remember Buddy McGirt. Wow, we should have showing my age. Yes, <laughs> I remember Buddy McGirt. Wow. Listen, I had to show wifey what mm-hmm. Buddy McGirt looked like. You understand? Mm-hmm. And exactly. and <laughs> this man, mm-hmm. he's the essence of boxing. Mm-hmm. And he passed his DNA on to this kid. Okay. And this kid looked like a Russian Buddy McGirt. Okay, I gotta watch, man. Showtime, you you sold me. You sold me last time. You put me on the Errol Spence. Yes, and sir. Now, I'm definitely my sovereign. Do do you get the cosign? Do I get the co? Do, do I yeah, get the you definitely get the cosign. Like uh, this kid came in there, and yeah. again, Mikey is go- coming up in weight class. Um, mm-hmm. Mikey, you know, no, he's his power is unproven at at 140. So okay. you just didn't know how it was gonna translate. And right. initially, it looked like he he was gonna be. I mean, he was tested regardless. He was mm-hmm. tested. And but this kid was absolutely the reincarnation of Buddy McGirt. Buddy McGirt. Mm-hmm. He really was. He really was, and it was fantastic to see Mikey press like that, um, mm-hmm. because again, it's going to open him up to bigger and bigger fights. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, so nice. Mikey drops the kid. Both both Mikey and Lippinghead's throw left hooks. Mm-hmm. Mikey's is a little bit sharper, hits him on the chin. This is where the season comes in. This is the kid's 13 pro fight. 
All right, he has 13 pro fights and 10 knockouts. Okay, so the boy is in there and he's mixing it up with Mikey, who has 39 fights with 30 knockouts. Okay, no losses. And both of these guys had no losses and it showed on a record. Uh, my hat is off to Lippin Yetz. Lippin Yetz, I would like to tell you, sir, you <laughs> were in the building. Yeah, I was well, rooting for you. Um, I was I've there. never heard King give this much praise. This, this I, I, is, I, yeah, this is like insane. <laughs> Listen, I tried to give my energy through the TV to the guy. Take all the King has to give you. Knock Mikey out with one of these good shots. I mean, he hit Mikey. Mikey nose is exploding every other round with blood. It was such a great fight. And I, and I say... I look forward to you, young man. I look forward to you going forward. I know there's nothing but great things. His wife got into the ring. She gave her husband such a passionate kiss at the end because she was proud of him like I was proud of him. You understand? Nice. Buddy nice. was proud of him. And the boxing community as a whole was greater for last night. Good for mm. him. Shout out to Lippin Yats and the crew and Buddy McGirt. No doubt. Did we have any uh, UFC last night? I'm so sorry. That no, time right. know, 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 messed it. me up. No, 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 it was man. perfect. There was there was no UFC last night. I don't know if there was any Bellator or anything like that, but no no big UFC stuff. So Yeah, no big UFC stuff going on right Yo, now. Check this out. Mm-hmm. Check this out, right? So uh, I'm finishing, right? I finished the fight, mm-hmm. and we we watching Thor Ragnarok after. So I mm-hmm. told the kids, you can watch Thor Ragnarok. You know, daddy shoot out to work, and he'll be right back. Yeah. All right, so we watching Thor Ragnarok, and it's 2 o'clock, and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to get ready to get out of here. 3 o'clock, I said, what the hell just happened to the, to, to, to the clock? Oh, yeah. <laughs> We got to move on. We got to move on. Yeah, let's do this. Go for this. Go for this. I said, oh, my God. God. With our fight talk. (laughs) (laughs) And, of course, it is Lord Cognito here spreading that gaming realness on the ILP. Not telling you what you want to hear, but what you need to hear. So before we get into what the Lords are playing this week, I want to start off with Lord Piscatella. His video game system history, also his journey in the entertainment software industry for over 15 years. And of course, what led him to the legendary NPD group. So, uh, Lord Piscatella, let's start from the beginning. Let's, from a gaming perspective, what were kind of like the first systems you had and what kind of got you into gaming? Oh, man. So uh, my uncle, when I was four years old, brought over like the 2600, I think on the day it came out or something. Ooh. Wow. And uh, he he fired up asteroids on that thing, and then I was mm. pretty much I was pretty much done. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I want I want all of it. <laughs> uh, and then really, uh, when I finally got one and started getting to Pitfall and Star Raiders and uh, and uh, Kaboom, man, like I was pretty much done. So classics. Uh, yeah, that was that was my start in gaming. Played Pong at the original bar that was in uh, San Francisco where it was put up for the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, like in 70, must have been 76, 77, somewhere in there when I was like three or four. So, yeah, yeah. I, I, man, I've been a big fan of games uh, from the very beginning. So, the 2600 um, so. was the first, right? Yeah, the first home system. Yeah, and uh, I was pretty much sold after that. So Nice. That's yeah, so apparently, according to some people in the government, I should be out, you know, doing bad things. But <laughs> <laughs> I just want I people to have fun and hang out and be groovy. And uh, so God forbid it influence us in a positive way, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. So yeah, that's pretty good. And then, uh, and then I found my way uh, after working uh, for Banana Boat Suntan Lotion for a while and working on some dog food analysis. I was working at Pedigree, you know, analyzing. 
Nice. 16 ounce cans of lamb wet. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, dude. So I made it to Activision. Uh, nice. What was your role at Activision? For, yeah, we're, uh, I worked there. Well, I had uh, like six jobs in six years. I worked in sales planning, trade marketing, retail planning, long range forecasting, uh, everything with basically a revenue number. Uh, mm-hmm. So I did that. I think my first game I worked on was Shrek 2. Oh, wow. And then um, all the way through like guitar, the Guitar Hero, the Call of Duty era and all that fun stuff. Um, <laughs> nice. Nice. Headed now, over, wh- then headed over to Warner for like the last eight or nine years as a vice president of sales planning over there. Uh, with Batman and Mortal Kombat and Scribblenauts and Lego and all that fun stuff. So wow, very cool, very yeah. cool. Two two big two big uh, entities. Now my question, I just want to bring you back just a little bit because I gotta I gotta get the history. So from the twenty six hundred, where did you pro- progress system wise? Give me like the next like oh. almost chronological order for you from the from a console perspective. All right, so twenty six hundred, mm-hmm. uh, then the Dreamcast for like uh, a minute. Mm. Okay. <laughs> Then nice. the NES, uh, the NES where I was a Contra and Blades of Steel guy. Blades of Steel, remember that? Wow, remember that? Yeah, that was a good game. Blades of Steel. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> then I built my first gaming PC around '96. Okay. Uh, about the same time I got into Genesis and NHL '93, '94. Wait a minute, you 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 talking iconic NHLs now? You talking you talking nine four now? Like that? That's huge. That's actually, we had Bill Snowell on the show, and, and that's one of his like favorites of all time. People are arguably saying it's the greatest hockey game of all time. It well, okay. So there's there's two there's two schools of thought here, right? Mm-hmm. First, there's NHL PA '93, right? It yes. wasn't actually NHL because it wasn't licensed by. But the it wasn't league. licensed, correct? Mm-hmm. But it was licensed by the Players Association, so you could actually fight in NHL PA '93. Yes, mm-hmm. but in NHL '94 is the more iconic. That was in Swingers, right? That had yeah, that was the classic scene it. with it. Yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> so like, there's a lot of discussion about how NHL '94 is the greatest hockey game ever made, but I would argue that NHL PA '93 is still the best mm-hmm. hockey game ever made. <laughs> and and I will I will fight anyone who says otherwise. Oh, we're gonna get Bill Stewell back on the show. We're gonna have an NHL '93 versus NHL '94 square on because you guys are yeah. hardcore. I love it. At uh, over at Warner Brothers, we had a we had a big tournament. We had an NHL PA '93 tournament. I put on uh, that was a lot of fun. We had like 64 entrants and uh, had a blast doing that. So yeah, I'm a I'm still I still have a Sega Genesis hooked up. Just yeah, for NHL was, PA '93. Was a great system. Now, did the uh, yeah. Super Nintendo uh, sneak in there at all? Or you kind of no. Then I that? got then I fell down a PC hole, and I was basically a PC only <laughs> gamer uh, until God the uh, late or the mid nineties when I picked up a uh, three sixty and PS three or uh, mid two thousands where I picked up a three sixty and PS three. So I never had an N sixty four. Okay. NES and N sixty four or whatever came after that. The Cube. Mm-hmm. Never had yeah. any. That was pretty much PC only, but. Gotcha. Yeah, but then when I got in the industry in like 2005, I bought everything ever since, you know. So. <laughs> yeah, that what you claiming for work. <laughs> no doubt. No. Now, you did mention uh, Activision Blizzard and you mentioned uh, Warner Brothers uh, specifically. Like any uh, specific memories, anything that stand out during your, uh, your run during those two kind of major entities? Uh, yeah, there's, I mean, there's so many. Um, Mm-hmm. The industry, so the industry from the perspective of people that follow it from like a fan perspective, you know, like mm-hmm. there's a lot of misconceptions out there about how uh, the publishers are these big corporate entities full of suits and everything is science and everyone's very serious and understands everything that's going on and they have plans and big machinations. 
Mm -hmm. um, really like we're just the publishers are just normal people and they're hoping that things go right and sometimes they don't mm -hmm. I mean a couple of the ones that really stand out to me was uh, the morning after Call of Duty 2 released on the 360 mm -hmm. huge game uh, yeah it was a huge game but we didn't know it would be at the time like Call of Duty 1 on PC did pretty well but it wasn't mm -hmm. it wasn't Call of Duty right uh, so the day after Call of Duty 2 launches, you know, and if you remember, that was the game that had the $10 price hike. That yes. First game. Yeah. Correct. Mm -hmm. That was the first game launched at 59 and everyone was really nervous about that. And mm -hmm. uh, I got in very early the next day. I was the second person in the office behind um, our VP of sales. Mm -hmm. And I remember sitting at about 6.15 in the morning. She got her first call from the East Coast uh, mm -hmm. saying that Call of Duty 2 did really well. And uh, she said, I think we have a hit. And that was like the beginning of really Call of Duty, becoming wow. Call of Duty. So, yeah, that was really fun. Um, huge. That's huge. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff like that uh, was really fun. Uh, times like when uh, I was at another meeting where basically they wanted to make Blur uh, the mm -hmm. adult version of Mario Kart. That was pretty funny. <laughs> really? Uh, yeah, that didn't work out so well. Uh, and then, like when Tony Hawk's Ride was coming out, I don't know Ooh. if you remember that. It was a With the skateboard, skateboard <laughs> game. Yeah, it's had a big plastic skateboard. Uh, it had tech in it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and our CEO at the time, uh, not not Bobby, but uh, Mike Griffith, uh, was came over to the, the the area where it was hanging out, and he got on the board, and he almost fell off and like hit his head. <laughs> oh, you serious? <laughs> yeah, just. Just fun stuff like that, man. It's <laughs> <a> fun stuff. <laughs> uh, there's just so many crazy stories, and you know, it's just one of those things. Like, uh, you, you read the message board posts, and you read Twitter, and they're like, "Oh, these gaming companies—they know what they're doing. They're out to screw us." And blah blah blah. And no, like you know, sometimes. So I was around for Project the the Project Ten Dollar Initiative when mm -hmm. Catwoman. I don't know if you remember, but Arkham City Catwoman yes. was a $10 charge for people that were buying it used. Mm -hmm. Like, we didn't know, like, it was a, it was, we didn't have, like, a, we were like, well, maybe this will work. Maybe it won't. Like, I don't know. And it, it didn't work, right? So, anyways, <laughs> stuff like that happens all the time. But, yeah, those are just some of the fun memories. No doubt, no doubt. So, do you think the perception is like I know gamers today, like a lot of the big, they, they almost look at the evil corporations. Like, do you feel like? I mean, we all know this is a money making business, but do you feel like it's a, uh, you know, that gamers have a misperception, you know, in, in reference to that, like that that they're, they're all out to get them? Well, some of them are out to get them, sure. Like, I know some evil. <laughs> Man, I know some evil. <laughs> there are some Machiavellis out there, right? And uh -huh. like as there are in any industry, there are people who are trying to get over. Uh, but but the vast majority of people want to do what's right for people like their game. They want to like feel good about what they're doing. They want their customers to feel really good about buying stuff. And I think the overwhelming majority of people, um, when they do things or they create programs or games, like they're trying to make things that people really like that can also pay the bills, you know? Absolutely. Um, I appreciate your honesty on that. That's really cool. And um, then lastly, in reference to the, um, the NPD group, you know, that's a huge deal as gamers. You know, I know, uh, it's going to be one of my questions I'll have for you a little later, but, um, you know, it's a huge deal, you know, as far as what's going on in the industry and the health of the industry, kind of what led you down that path to kind of to link up with them? Yeah. So like I've, I've done, I've been doing forecasting and planning for like 15 years. Um, I've worked on uh, everything from Guitar Hero to Lego Dimensions to Skylanders to, you know, 
Call of Duty to Mortal Kombat. Like, I worked on some of the biggest games in the world. Really enjoyed it. Um, but, like, I miss being able just to talk to people at games, you know? So, like, there's this huge secrecy veil across the industry and, you know, for many reasons. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you work at a publisher, like, you can't talk about anything, right? And yeah. I wanted to hang out and talk about video games with people. I wanted to go talk to retailers. I wanted to go talk to other publishers and, and share ideas and talk about what was working and what wasn't. And how can we make the games industry better? How can we provide better products for people? How do we do things in the right way that you know, we, we, we focus on the things that can help grow the business while also being good to the customer, you know? So, and I've been enjoying that a lot. Like I get to, like, I, I just came back from a week um, where I got to meet with two major retailers and four major publishers and nice. just chat video games and try to figure out what's going on. Cause this industry is freaking weird, man. And <laughs> things change really fast. And, mm-hmm. and you know, if you're not really, on top of it and trying to understand what's going on, you're going to be left behind. And so that's been a lot of fun. Absolutely, man. Sounds really cool. And then we're going to ask this last question as far as uh, your, your gaming history. I've been doing this for, for a little while now. I need, it's going to be a tough one. I need your top five video game game franchises of all time. All right, top five. Um, okay, so uh, number five. I'm going to call it the uh, the General series, the uh, games like Panzer General, Pacific General, Ooh. Panzer General 2. Okay, okay, okay. Old nice. Turn-based, uh, world, or basically uh, strategic mass scale games. Uh, I would put uh, Mario in that top, four, top five. I would mm-hmm. put Wolfenstein in the top five. Mm, classic. I'd put uh, the Witcher series in the nice. top five. Nice. And uh, I would also put the Lego games in the top five. That was a dark horse. <laughs> I, I like the Lego games, man. They're they're really fun just to go beat up some bricks for a while. Exactly. All right. That's, that's a diverse group. I respect that. <laughs> no doubt, man. Got to respect the top five in gaming. Lord Addict, have you entered the room, sir? Let's see you pop in. Yeah, sorry, I've been having a lot of tooth issues. Yeah, I know. I know you're not feeling well, man. Good to good to have you. You're I was through. I was even like, I think I'm just gonna miss IOP today. It's like no, it's like uh, yeah, you know, we we had a uh, our our guest at least uh, at least effort. I should show my respect. <laughs> <laughs> no, I appreciate. <laughs> like, it. I, know I, dealt, you. I dealt with the with the messed up tooth. Yeah, he's going through. I uh, sound like you, a squirrel. You, you I, I had just... to get the uh, wisdom tooth done, so that I know that pain. It's awful. If I sound like a squirrel, though, you know that's just how it's going to be. <laughs> it's okay, man. I appreciate you coming through. So uh, that's cool, man. Great history, Lord Pescatella. Um, I want to get into uh, what the Lords are playing this week. So let's start with Lord Pescatella himself again. What specifically? What game specifically have you been uh, touching this week? So I've been on a lot of planes and in a lot of hotel rooms the last few weeks. So I've been uh, I've, I've been saving Zelda for this time of year. Nice. I'm about uh, I'm in my third Divine Beast. I'm really enjoying the hell out of it. I mean, all the superlatives people have been tell- talking about it are true. Mm-hmm. Probably about 50 hours in, and I'm just kind of taking my time and exploring the world and just having a blast. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I'm a little behind the times, but uh, that one's taking that one's taking all my time right now. That's a great one to save. That's a great one to save. No doubt. Sounds good. Let me give our Lord Addict his intro, since he may be limited with the uh, wisdom tooth issue. <laughs> my brother, of course, we have my brother from another mother, my co-host with the co-most, the difficult game conqueror, and the young how. What's going on? 
you know, like every t- every time I do something, you're just gonna keep adding to my intro. I keep adding more superlatives. <laughs> I'm down with that. I, I do nothing stupid. <laughs> I'm glad you can make it, sir, man. No, no. What you been What you been playing this week besides battling the uh, the tooth issues? Nothing. I actually started watching the Jessica Jones season two yesterday. Oh, nice. Yeah, I gotta catch up, man. I still ain't finished Punisher. <laughs> I gotta catch up. No, no. Game wise, having anything specific? Nothing? Not really. I, I've been sleeping for the most part. I hear you, man. I've been playing PUBG. That's okay. Okay. There we go. Lord Sav, what have you been playing this week? Oh, like I said uh, on yesterday's podcast, like I've been playing a lot, trying to finish that Mad Max. So what I realized about the Mad Max is that I spent so much time mm-hmm. um, just like getting everything on the map, clearing out the map. Then I totally mm-hmm. forgot about the story element. So mm-hmm. I've done very little story. So when I'm at the end, I'm thinking I'm at the end of the game. Like mm-hmm. I'm only like the third act story wise. So I still have a bunch of stuff to do, but the mm-hmm. map is clean though. They allowed me to clean the map out before that. <laughs> so. so I was still grinding away at that. Um on the switch, I picked up Goragoa, mm-hmm. which is a, a puzzle game, like a tile-based puzzle game, which is really cool. Um it's it's like a it's perspective based. Basically, like they're three panels that mm-hmm. they give you like with different it, it, like different like paintings and whatnot and, and the thing about it is you have to figure out how they interact with each other mm-hmm. and they'll create and, and they kind of give you hints as to how you move forward so it becomes like something that that animates after a while but you have to figure out how the panels interact with each other pretty mm-hmm. cool game like and, and i got it basically for free with my with my gold points <laughs> so <laughs> gotcha I, I got and that's pretty much it uh you know just still grinding away slowly but surely at, at celeste on the Twitter. <laughs> oh, God, God bless your soul. <laughs> so last time that game. We gonna talk about that direct or what? We gonna, yeah, yeah, we gonna talk we about gonna, it. We're we're gonna, talk let's about get it. with the Lord's playing. Um, Lord King, what are you? Uh, what you what you playing this week? Uh, nine parchments. Uh, PUBG. Wow, you picked it up? The, no. Um, I was checking, <laughs> I was checking out the trial. I'm gonna pick it up. Um, okay. I actually like it. I'm I'm, I'm gonna pick it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I played a little bit of Rainbow Six Siege mm-hmm. with Sinister. Nice. Um, How you enjoyed his audience? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not, not too enthused. No, you know why? Um, because the way the game was structured, it was never structured for that type of format. So for them to push it into that format, it seems like a chore because the way the enemies, they take, they're bullet sponges. They have to work on that when it comes to that because it, it's overly aggressively hard for absolutely no reason. Mm-hmm. Um but they have to work on that part of it. And it, it fixes a good idea. It's good in premise. I think if we have a team of four, it actually will go a whole lot better. We, it was just me and Sinister playing it. Gotcha. Um, then playing Super Lucky still, having such a great uh, go with this. The, the What is it? The Mario uh, Galaxy oh 1 Conqueror. Oh, um, my God. <laughs> Shout out to Brat Podcast last night. Lord yes, yeah, Lord King put out that controversial statement. That, uh, uh, it's not controversial. <laughs> it's just my opinion. My opinion of it is Super Lucky Tail is a better game than Mario Galaxy 1. That's okay. it. Just simple. Um, <laughs> and, of course, you know, like I said, the PUBG love. That's it. No doubt. Yeah, man, for me, it's just been uh, all, I mean, I, I realized this week how much addicted I am to XCOM. Like, I have a problem. <laughs> like, like XCOM is really, I'm addicted to it. Like, it, it's one of my top franchises. And um, since the uh, Xbox One X came out with that uh 4K update for the um for War of the Chosen specifically, because it's only it only applies to that DLC. 
it is so addicting, man. It's very difficult. You know, I was, shout out, you know, I was talking to Lord Piscatella earlier before we started, and it, it's really unforgiving. Like, it's really for the hardcore XCOM guy. And I had to take some strategies that Attic used to tell me about, you know, you kind of focus on your weapons, focus on your armor, your squad size early, that kind of stuff. But now I'm starting to make a lot of progress. And this whole little chosen dynamic, really cool. You know, they have these specific alien factions and they, they're really tough. But there's also these other factions that you align yourself with on Earth that can kind of counter each one. And it's a lot Yo, of building. Yeah. It's deep, man. I'm I loving it. Lie. Yesterday I was uh, I was going in and. uh Mm-hmm. Someone on the uh, I'm barely getting by this because I law uh, because everyone's hurt. Mm-hmm. I'm okay, I'm good, I'm good. I'm like, there's only like maybe three or four people left. I've mm-hmm. inched my way through the map. The assassin pops up, I'm like, you gotta mm-hmm. be kidding me. <laughs> yeah, they're coming at the end of the mission, you're like depleted, and you're like, oh no, <laughs> like it, it, they come in at the they're actually worse than the alien rulers DLC from the standard base game. Like it, it's 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 mostly like a hardcore XCOM guys, like a love letter to those guys, but really enjoying shout out to Def Sing in the chat. No, nah, I don't do one one v ones, man. I don't play the multiplayer. <laughs> I'm all also oh, what you call solo player, but that's pretty much what I've been playing. So uh, we're gonna get into what last week's poll. So the results are in and the people have spoken to the question with the one year anniversary of the switch now upon us, what do we feel is the most important thing for its continued success in year two? The winner at 34% in a razor close four-way ILP poll was the party chat messaging and trophies better online infrastructure group. So they won the poll coming in at second place. This is probably the closest ever. It's 1% difference. Um, At 33% was the continue to deliver huge IPs like Smash and Pokemon group. Third place at 27% was the Bring Back Virtual Console group. And our shallow fourth place group at only 6% was Nintendo Labo FTW group. <laughs> so let's go with the Lord. What, what did the Lords think about this? Anybody? Can what, I, mean, I mean, what can you say about it? I mean, I think it goes to show, like, like who's, who's, who's talking about this sort of stuff? When you're talking about, like... It, the hardcore guys just want more Nintendo properties, right, on mm-hmm. on the console, and they're gonna deliver on that, right? Mm-hmm. But as you move forward, a lot of these properties are gonna have a lot of online uh, aspects to them that you yes. want to function properly. So it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, it it makes sense that those two categories are so close together because it's 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 kind of a toss up. Like you know, Nintendo's gonna give you the 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 properties at some point, right? However long they take it to come out, you're going to see all of their major stuff on the Switch. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the underlying stuff is what you want to to, to, to function properly. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> Lord Piscatella, what do you feel? What, what's your most, what's your want for the uh, Switch now coming in the year two? Do you, would you prefer the online infrastructure first, virtual console, or the uh, bigger, bigger IPs like the Smashes and stuff? So slightly different take. Uh, right now, the Switch is very much a core gamer box. Uh, mm-hmm. These are user devices that have been purchased by folks that already have one of the other big consoles for the most part. These are core gamers that are in the system. I think what's most important for the Switch in this year and beyond is getting past that core gamer group, getting into the mass market, mm-hmm. getting mom to pick it up for a little Johnny or little Jane that doesn't have a system yet. So it's really... It's about focusing on the family, the kids, and and widening that circle. And mm-hmm. things like Labo or Labo or 
whatever you want to call it, Labo. Um, <laughs> we'll do that, but then also like getting the games like Kirby and then ultimately Pokemon RPG, mm. which is going to do Huge. everything. Yeah, that's so, gonna change the game. That's Huge. my take. Okay, all right. But you you personally, Matt, do you want if it's up to you, would you want the just the big titles or ahead of the um the online infrastructure? You personally. Uh, so I'm me personally. I'm most interested to see what they do with their online service, uh, how it incorporates Smash, how well they can evolve yeah. in the modern video game environment. Now that they have a really hit system on their hands, mm-hmm. how do they maintain the momentum? And I think they do that through a number of ways. But yeah, personally, I want to see that online that online service be fantastic value for the money. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I'm with you. I'm with you. All right. So uh, we're going to start off these topics, but we got a little, we're going to debut a little segment since we got Lord Piscatella in the house, in the round. You know, we had a, I want to do a little question segment because, you know, we got to get some things answered. And, uh, you know, as gamers, you know, you, you come in contact with things that we're very curious about. We love what you do in your industry. So um, I'm going to set off the first question and we'll pass it around to the Lords, you know, for more questions for you. So uh, the first one is going to be like, you know, over obviously the, the past years in you know, the United States, like MPD has become like a, an extreme point of contention for like hardcore gamers, fanboys alike. My question to you, Lord Piscatella, is like, did you ever think that MPD would kind of evolve or I don't want to say like devolve <laughs> into something fanboys would become so passionate about like after the 15th of every month? Well, I get it. I mean, like people, especially gamers are competitive by nature. Everyone wants their system of choice to succeed because then they think they'll get the better games. They think they'll get the better <laughs> services. Like I get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there's just a misconception of what or how these companies look at these sales figures. Um, so, for example, I've been around, like I said, to a bunch of retailers and a bunch of publishers recently, mm-hmm. and everyone's talking about engagement. They're not talking sales. They're talking about how do we keep people playing on our platform? What do those play metrics look like? Like, I'm giving sales figures, and people are like, yeah, whatever. Like, but how many hours <laughs> yeah. How many hours are we getting, right? So, right. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a weird thing. So, I think the fans or the people online are take this stuff far more seriously than a lot of people in the industry do. <laughs> And, you know, I think part of that part of that problem is because a lot of the stuff that is put out is uh, pretty secretive. Like I can't yeah. divulge things like install bases or shares or right. attach rates or anything like that. <laughs> and that's a bummer, right? Because if we were able to fill in those blanks, then the arguments wouldn't happen and people would just right. be able to focus on the things that matter, which is the games. Good point. So uh, I try to do my best in order to help. Like mm-hmm. I, I know that I know. Mm-hmm. what people want to know. And I try to do my best in letting them know the mm-hmm. results of what they want to know without gotcha. divulging things I can't because mm-hmm. I want the conversation to be positive and, and encouraging and like people should be excited about the games coming. And seriously, like the PS4, Xbox One thing, which is just so obnoxious online uh, <laughs> and with the fan base. Like both systems are doing very well. One mm-hmm. system's doing better globally, absolutely. But Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that games aren't going to come to one system or the other or that one system's going away. Like these, both of these ecosystems are Preach. very healthy and strong. Preach. And it's going to be just fine. So stop it. games, man. Talk, Lord. That's what I'm talking about. Lord Addict, do you have any questions for uh, Lord Piscatella? Well, now we got the MPD Lord in here. Any specific question? Oh, his tooth is out. 
I do have a question. Sure. Uh, you know, since you're like, you know, part of the MPD crowd, have you ever seen wow. something sell way more than it did and you were surprised, just generally surprised? Yeah, all the time. Uh, Monster Hunter World most recently was, mm, was huge. I went back and checked that number three times. I'm like, are we sure we're not double counting somewhere? Um, <laughs> Uh, Dragon Ball Fighters. I did the same thing yes. because it was the best-selling game since Budokai 2 in 2002 or 2003. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, um, it happens a lot. Switch. Uh, I was very bullish on the Switch when it came out, um, but it blew away my expectations. Mm -hmm. So, like, it, it happens quite a bit. And on the other hand, there's uh, quite a bit of times where a game comes out and you're like, wait a minute, that's all it's sold? That can't be right. Mm -hmm. We're missing something. <laughs> so, yeah, um, it happens all the time. The the thing about this industry and forecasting this industry is that you're going to be wrong and mm -hmm. that whatever forecast you have is based on a set of assumptions that will break the minute something launches. Like we're not movies, right? We don't have box office to guide us. We don't have like uh, audience feedback. Like when a game launches, it's basically we have an idea what a game is, but you never really know until it's in the hands of players. Mm -hmm. And not only like some YouTuber could say something dumb and all of a sudden your game tanks or on the other hand, some influencer could do something big and all of a sudden your game's huge and yeah good point, so, um, good point. happens all the time it's uh mm -hmm. it's, it's a hard business to try to track so I, I don't know if you're willing to like comment on this but what what's your uh predictions for sea of thieves so sea of thieves is is i'm optimistic on it but because it's part i think well i think it's fantastic that it's part of the game pass i think it's actually going to improve the player count it's going to lead to more sales because the people playing it as part of game pass are going to tell their friends and bring them in which i think is the whole point so um i've been very encouraged by what i've been reading and hearing about beta performance and uh and I think we're going to see more of this type of thing where, it, where, like I said, it's all about engagement. It's all about users. Mm -hmm. Sales are secondary in a big case now. And so how do you get the most people playing the game, mm -hmm. which the assumption is then that you'll make more money either via other people coming in to buy it or via, you know, whatever in-game stuff you might have in there. But um, gotcha. I'm when it comes optimistic. To, when gotcha. it comes to Game Pass, you know, mm. let's be real here. They don't even have to subscribe to see if these like like they could go to a whole other game and pretty much funding every game and see in Game Pass. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're gonna get into Game Pass too. That's another question. Yeah. I want to get uh Lord Solve up. Solve what you got? Yeah. So to to piggyback off of what Matt said with with the engagement, right? Um, it seems that Microsoft is the only company who's really outwardly talking about engagement as as that is their main goal they're not worried so much about like the the the, the sales numbers and whatnot but they want to make sure that they keep you in that ecosystem so do you think especially now with microsoft with this pricing model that they have now with the announcement state of decay and the 30 dollars price point and the 50 dollars price point in addition to game pass do you think this sort of uh, this sort of focus on engagement as something that you know as kind of something like a term that 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 the consumers are using as well is that something that you think that nintendo and and playstation need to start doing in terms of instead of focusing on actual sales is, is it something that they need to start including in their vernacular uh so you mentioned that microsoft's are the folks out there doing it publicly everyone's doing it just not publicly so um mm. every it's, this is the focus of everybody is right. is player engagement so uh do they need to do it publicly no i mean i think a lot of companies are talking to the investor community um and they're 
and sales still speaks to that crowd. They'll they'll mm-hmm. get it eventually. That the engagement is what drives the sales, um, and they'll get there. But for now, like most folks are talking to the investment community, and so you'll you'll continue to see the focus on sales. But the actual, how do we make games? How do we make systems? The focus is on engagement. Okay, cool, cool. Lord King, any questions for the Lord of NPD in the building? Have you ever caught anybody cheating numbers? <laughs> I know you couldn't answer that question, though. It's not even. It's like that. That question is not even valid. You can't even answer the question if you sure wanted to answer the question. Oh, Lord, 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 let's get going in. Let's go. Yeah. So our our agreement, like, so a publisher or a, or a game maker can can announce any number they want. If they own that number, like, if it's their number, they can say whatever they want. If they say a number that's incorrect, we have every right to come out and say that they were wrong or that they were. Wrong. <laughs> now, now, and, now, let me let me double down on Lord King's question. Has, have you ever specifically encountered that and come across where it was re- incorrect numbers reported, and you guys had to send it back to a specific? You don't have to call anybody out, but have you encountered it? No, uh, you know, so uh, folks can get really creative and how they talk about the numbers and they can use metrics I like and how said that really creative. I love that. Uh, so, but what we do is we go in and like, if there's a statement out there, I will look at it and make sure that it was accurate. And even though it might be worded in such a way to be uh, trying to sway one's opinion in a certain direction, if it's factually correct, then it's actually correct. And I haven't run into a situation where someone has intentionally uh, mucked up a number or said something wrong. Uh, they oh, can say yeah. things in creative ways, but uh, not <laughs> yeah, incorrect. A lot, a lot of creative language around. Lord that King, stuff. you win the question of the day. Listen, it, it was just you know thought on my head because uh-huh. you know we we're seeing these numbers and we're seeing these astronomical numbers of these uh, mythical PlayStation Four numbers. Oh you know, my god! <laughs> Yeah, these these are uh, come on, Matt. These these are unheard of numbers in this uh, young of a generation of a, a system, right? Seventy million so fast is 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 astonishing. Um, and I and I truly believe that um, the engagement is probably of the casual because the games aren't selling to the number that you would think that if it's is a 70 million base, you know, I would think at least let's say 2% of the, of the populace will purchase one game and it would translate into, uh, you know, game sales, but you're not seeing like 2% purchasing like one single game, except for that zero horizon dawn, which they said, uh, did 7 million. So you said 1% purchase that. So, okay. So, so pretty, pretty much, you, you just want to, you just want to double down on that. You just want to clarify. Well, I just, you know, wanted to ask him, and if you know, he would have yelled out, you know, Sony's lying. I would have been like, oh Thank my you. god. <laughs> let's, get to, let's get to the elephant in the room. Tell him one of the reasons why we wanted you on the show is because, you know, we started this little segment where we have two lords of us that we call the Illuminati lords, who, <laughs> who sometimes struggle to, you know, we know the success of Sony has been extremely, extremely positive this generation, but. Also, we know as far as the install base, what is it looking like? What, 70, 70 million right now? 80. Maybe even 80, right? So the question comes out just, just to help us understand, like, as far as the percentage, you know, like, for example, like Horizon Zero Dawn, that showed 7.6 million, right? You know, that percentage in, in comparison to the whole, is that really healthy? Is that not really reflective when, you know, less than half? own a specific title like what's that definition of like a truly successful title 
in that kind of an ecosystem when the system sells that well? Oh, that's a really great question. So really like uh, like a 10% uh, a 10 percent attach, right, which mm -hmm. the Horizon Zero Dawn number kind of translates to ballpark, is mm -hmm. phenomenal. You don't see that kind of attach outside of maybe like the Call of Duties or the or the Rockstar games of the world, right? So you're mm -hmm. if you are in mid single digit attach rates, you're mm -hmm. doing fantastic at this mm -hmm. point in the cycle. Very early on, like year one of the cycle, you'll see. Like you'll see occasionally the like the hundred percent Zelda attach rate that was yeah. out. Yeah, oh, that's crazy. Mm -hmm. Or the seventy-five percent Call of Duty Two attach rate at launch of three hundred and sixty. Mm -hmm. Like they're very big, rare outliers. But for the most part, if you're in year, what are we in year seven? Or yeah, seven? six, mm -hmm. six, mm -hmm. uh, six or seven, whatever. Uh, when you're this late in the cycle, if you're getting four percent, you're doing very well. Yeah, um, you just gotcha. have such a a wide array of content available and people are using these things in very different ways. Mm -hmm. Like you have your, your, your person that goes out and they buy Madden and call of duty every year. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you have your guy that just plays FIFA. Mm -hmm. And then you have like your cat who's just using it as a, as a Blu-ray player or something <laughs> like that. So, but yeah, those like uh, a 10 a double digit attach rate at this point in the cycle is, is really good. Okay, cool. Thanks for that clarification. That was actually what question we want to know. Now, a question I have for you, another thing that we see out here in these gaming streets is um Game Pass, right? And I know Lawsoft kind of touched on a little bit, but just kind of like I wanted to get deeper, like far as like the financial, like revenue ramifications from Microsoft, because like there's this perception right now that Microsoft is giving away their AAA first party titles for free, right? So ultimately, how does that, I know we talked about engagement, but like, how does that benefit them? Is there any type of a short-term loss initially, or this is just constant, you know, revenue stream, you know, that ultimately still is better than, you know, by putting it in this Game Pass uh, system that they have? Right, so you have, uh, you also have EA Access out there that, that kind of led the way in this type of initiative. Um, I don't know the specifics of how the financials work on how they uh, allocate revenue across titles that participate or mm -hmm. how they're uh, amortizing costs or anything like that. But the idea is the more you have people in the ecosystem, the more time they're spending, the more they'll spend either on other games or on downloadable content or microtransactions. Mm -hmm. um, so that's the bet, right? Mm -hmm. I, I, I would not look at it as they're giving things away for free because no one does that. Um, but what we've seen and what the data suggests is that titles that show up in these subscription-based programs, whether it's PS Plus, Xbox Gold, EA Access, that when these games hit those services, sales of those exact games actually increase above baseline for mm. a period of time following that occurrence. Because what that does is they get those games back in. They back, people are back playing them. They're showing up on friends lists, activity feeds. People are talking about the games again. Um, at some point, you'd have to imagine that the number of games in a service like that could could uh, dampen that impact or that effect, mm -hmm. that Halo effect. Uh, mm -hmm. Not Master Chief Halo, but Halo as a like a wide <laughs> yeah. sphere of influence. Yeah. Uh, but we haven't seen it yet, so I think that's the bet. The bet is like, hey, the more people are playing our game, the more people are going to buy our game, even mm -hmm. if the initial folks playing it are getting it via subscription service. Awesome. Let me then follow you gotta up. Keep Let me just follow up with a, with a quick uh, question, a smooth kids move in reference to that same topic. Will downloads from Game Pass count in MPDs? That was his question. Do you think? Oh, um, 
That's a great question. I don't believe so. Uh, mm. We track subscription spending outside. We still track our subscription spending as part of total overall spending, but we don't track it as part of the individual game performance. Kind of gotcha. like a um, a hardware bundle where you like if you buy a PS4 and it has Call of Duty in it, right? That right. game, that game sale isn't counted. It's counted as part of the hardware. That's spend. part of the hardware. Oh, okay, gotcha. That's a great. Okay, Th great. Thanks for that question, Lord Smooth. I'm sorry. That is a very good question. <laughs> very good question, Lord Attic. I cut you off. I'm sorry, my God. That was like and another thing people don't realize on the Game Pass is stuff like Halo Wars 2's on there, and they probably got. 50 60 dollars worth of expansions as people's going to pick up because of it of game pass mm -hmm. absolutely yeah and if and if a game like is hasn't been selling that much or whatever like anything you get over your baseline demands good right so mm -hmm. you know you you have game pass or you have some other subscription service you have a couple games out there that bring people in the door but then they play other things and overall you know the the ocean rises and the pie gets bigger and i think that's the the philosophy behind it Absolutely. Any other questions that the Lords have for uh, Lord Piscatella? Saab, anything else? So with the pie getting bigger, like back to like the how how Nintendo and and, and Sony sort of react to that because Nintendo, I think Matt made a, a a comment a few days back about how um physical sales are are going to continue to grow, especially on the Nintendo side. Mm -hmm. Um, so is does Microsoft's kind of not necessarily focus, but that this with their services being like digital based, do you see the other two kind of following that route at some point? Because I think a lot of people, including myself, like I've gone primarily digital everywhere, right? So the fear is that like Microsoft sort of has a, a roadmap for what they want to do with with, uh, with Game Pass and just the Microsoft ecosystem in general. And, and PlayStation hasn't necessarily clarified what they plan to do with that. Neither has, neither has Nintendo. So it's like, do you have kind of any comments on, on what they might be thinking and doing in the future, a, anything that might indicate that they might be looking at that sort of structure as well. Mm -hmm. uh, right. So you have short term and long term, short term, maybe midterm. So I'll call it the next five years. Right. Mm -hmm. I think what's happened is each manufacturer has developed a very specific approach to their product and their customer base. They're differentiated. So what Microsoft's doing is different than what Sony's doing, which is different that when what Nintendo is doing, and I think that, that overall has led to an increase in overall sales because they're you're no longer having substitute products battle up against each other, right? You back in the day, if you bought a PS2 or an Xbox, it didn't really matter which one you bought, other than the exclusive games that were involved. Now, like your the ecosystem and how it's structured is very different. So I think like Sony and Microsoft still compete fairly directly, but not as directly as they used to. And then Nintendo's on a whole different different planet. Like there things that happen to Nintendo have no impact at all on PS4X1. Things that happen on PS4X1 have no impact at all on Nintendo. So for the short term, I think I think everyone they've all found a sweet spot with their customer. I think they hold on to that sweet spot. But five plus years out, say we're 2022, 2023, mm -hmm. um, as long as net neutrality doesn't get disintegrated and people oh. aren't spending $200 for their internet connection oh, and no. data caps, like in a world <laughs> with, with with 100 gigabyte games on mm -hmm. you know next-gen systems, mm -hmm. uh, that's going to have a big impact on it, what, what net neutrality looks like. And then, but ultimately, I think if, if that works okay, uh, the profitability on digital is so much better that you're going to see everyone lean that way. 
Gotcha. Now, now with that digital, uh, just to, to, to follow up with what you, your point on digital games, now with that, with the rise of like digital media, kind of like accounting for more of the percentages and the sales and stuff, like, has that been harder, like to, to track, you know, harder to implement? I know, especially with Nintendo not really reporting digital sales still, to my belief, like how much, you know, do you think that piece of the pie is missing? And do you think it will ever be kind of fully implemented so we can get a true, you know, idea of what, the digital sales health of is in gaming. Yeah, it's been it's been difficult, no question. Uh, so we have something called the Digital Leader Panel. We have a, a group of publishers that do provide their digital data on Steam, uh, Xbox, and and PSN. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's basically all the big ones, with the exception of Bethesda and Nintendo. We can continue to try to work. Wow, I didn't know that. I'm sorry. Yeah, so <laughs> Sony, Sony, Microsoft, Activision, EA, Namco, down the list, uh, Capcom. So we have a really good chunk of digital data providers. Uh, we can't speak publicly on breakouts of that kind of thing, but gotcha. we do track them in the overall spend. But but we're missing DLC. We're missing MTX. That we sell. We have a pilot program going on those. So hopefully within the next couple of years we can get that going. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're still missing the really big pie, which is those PC games, the free to play PC market. Um, so things like. Battle.net, Origin, uh, Uplay, League of Legends, like we're missing that spend too. So it's a challenge. I think the, the challenge is that gaming has become so broad and uh, there's so many ways to engage with gaming. Um, you know, it's it's a tough category to get to when all these companies, especially the big mm. ones like Tencent and all those, are yeah. very private with their data, right? Um, mm-hmm. So there's a long way to go, but I think we're doing a better job than anybody else out there in, mm-hmm. uh, in estimating this market and tracking what we can track. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's not easy. <laughs> That's I, for could, sure. I could imagine. <laughs> I <laughs> could imagine. Oh, any other questions before I have like just two more from the fans and I just want to make sure the Lord's. Yeah, I have one quick question. I don't know if you can really comment on this, but what are the breakdowns from digital sales to physical sales? Are they close to what people think? Actually, uh, physical is still the primary way people buy video games. Mm-hmm. There, um, I think the misconception out there is that the digital share rate is consistent across titles, and it absolutely is not. Um, some titles will share at a much higher digital level than other titles. Mm-hmm. The, and um, I think what people get in trouble with, they go, well, X percent is digital because one line in one report in, a year ago said that. And <laughs> it's not the case. So uh, it's very much a case-by-case basis, and it all depends on how the companies are marketing and promoting their games. So mm-hmm. um, the more a game is promoted on those storefronts with discounts and pre-order bonuses and mm-hmm. uh, gold editions, the higher that, that digital share tends to be. So Cool, cool, cool. Another point of contention was uh, I know uh, a lot of the Xbox uh, community and fans, you know, you know, sometimes the, the inside joke is, you know, they're, they're selling not a lot of games, but a lot of controllers <laughs> and accessories. So my question to you is, um, I know recently, I believe it was last MPD, I think you had made a tweet and um, it was just talking about the health of of accessories and how, how well it's doing. I just want to know if you can comment on that as far as, I mean, obviously we know that there's always a lot, a lot of new controllers and new bundles that Microsoft puts out and just people in general, even the headset industry, I believe it was Turtle Beach that led, mm-hmm. you know, last month's MPD. You know, where, what's your standpoint on, on the accessories and, you know, in reference to the community saying, you know, why are they doing that when maybe in reality is it is actually successful for these companies? Yeah, so accessories. Okay, this is a really good question too. This is a fantastic question. It gets into some mm-hmm. how things are aggregated. So accessories include the Wii Report accessories includes things like 
game cards, headsets, mm. controllers, cases, power supplies, and things like toys to life. Mm. What so what the accessories market is actually healthier than we've been reporting because the decline in toys to life has been an offset on gains yeah. in other areas. So controllers have actually done very well the last couple of years mm. for both Sony and Microsoft and Nintendo mm. and the third party guys. Um, mm. So controllers have done very well. Headsets and headphones have done very well. And switch things like cases and power supplies have done exceptionally well as, as well. But those gains are being offset quite a bit by this continued decline of the interactive gaming toys. Mm -hmm. So fortunately that, that decline is about done. There's not much more room to go <laughs> down at this point. Um, so I think you're going to start seeing a reflection of, of even better accessory reporting mm -hmm. than we have been doing, but fantastic okay. question. Cool. Cool. Now, quick question in, in reference to that too. Like where does Lord Kings Amiibos fall in this? <laughs> oh, that's high on that list. Tell them. <laughs> so yeah, Amiibo is, is part of that interactive gaming toy uh, bucket. Mm -hmm. It's it's the one that that does okay. Mm -hmm. I think how I think they're treating it more like a collectible now than an actual toys to life initiative. Um, gotcha. And I think what they're what you're going to see is more focused releases uh, and uh, a higher priority on making sure the price points can, can oh, stay where they should who, be. Who saw that Dark Souls one? <laughs> <laughs> we saw it. Lord King wasn't impressed. He didn't. He didn't think it did, did anything to help him with the, with the gameplay. So he's not interested. <laughs> yeah, I'm not buying that thing. <laughs> All right, my last question before actually before I get my last any any other questions from the Lords, and I'll, I'll give my last question to you. I had a quick question to Lord D real quick. Uh, yeah. What what happens if you can't beat Dark Souls without that extra noodle on top? You said what? Sorry, what did you say? <laughs> he said about the uh, amoeba. What happens if, if you can't can't com complete Dark Souls without it? You, you're not gonna pick it up. No, I wasn't picking it up anyway because it wasn't giving me no advantage. I would like <laughs> I don't need the try hard trophy. You can have the try hard trophy. That that's yours. <laughs> And I'll take the casual trophy because if it actually gave me a little ghost knight that would run next to me and would stab people or gave me a spear that I could actually one-hit kill, yeah, I'm oh that guy. God. You know, so, and then we will both get the same ending and you can have the mythical pound-for-pound pound title that you hold around and walk around that I don't care about. Um, and I can walk around with the same ending that you got. So basically, you're happy with the uh, uh, the Vivos like in Zelda Breath of the Wild. The That's right. The real Meebos. The daily food every the day. <laughs> Those are the real Amiibos before these guys started crying. You want the cheat codes and statues. That's right. That's right. You know, we all used to look out for it to cheat codes. So we, I come from an era where we all went out and got the, um, a cheat code device, Game Genie, <laughs> and stuff Game like Genie. that to get God mode and oh stuff like God. that. You come from a, I'm, I'm going to squeeze my knuckles until it works. And I'm going to know. I came from just $60 brought me game genie and we was handing out codes and we were doing wild things to games that's why i come from Starbucks. even before that even before then i got in trouble so many times because i used to call sega customer service for them to send me they used to send me maps and facts and stuff like that See? but mm -hmm. but the phone call was expensive so yeah i remember i remember uh, uh i remember uh getting reprimanded for that <laughs> yeah so it, don't don't make it seem like oh i need an amiibo no i want an amiibo i want that amiibo to do special things 60 dollars or 15 dollars or whatever i'm gonna pay i oh wanted to God. do something special just so i clarify real quick you are playing dark souls no i'm not <laughs> <laughs> okay. there it is that's, that's all right. it is no 
<laughs> Yo, quick question from the uh, the chat. Uh, we have uh, Enrique from the Basement Radio Arcade Podcast, our guy. He had a quick question for Matt. He said, do you think Microsoft and Sony will release new hardware in 2020? Probably. Hey, yeah, Enrique is cool peeps. Hey, Enrique. Uh, mm-hmm. So my forecast currently has uh, 2020 being the year for a PS5 and whatever it is Microsoft mm. does next. Uh, I don't think, looking at the sales data, I don't see any reason to do it earlier, although I've been surprised in the past. Um, we'll see how it goes. But yeah, I have 2020 is my assumption. Okay, cool, cool, cool. All right, then uh, my final question in reference to the question segment, as we know, had the Lord of MPD. Um, in reference, basically, there was another analyst, I believe, in your field that um, he made some uh, prediction, and he said that uh, he feels that Nintendo will uh, eventually surpass Microsoft's console market share in 2018. And um, obviously, I don't want to say that comparison is 100% fair. Obviously, you know, Nintendo has the Switch, the 3DS, you know, a lot of limited time products, like, you know, the NES Classic, Super NES Classic, well as Microsoft just has, per se, like the Xbox One. But um, we do know, you know, the Switch is what the Switch is, and as far as 2018 coming in, and, you know, what do you feel in reference to these analytics and these guys saying that in 2018, that Nintendo could be could surpass Microsoft in, in that respect. Uh, I don't know. There's so many. There's so many definitions of share. It's kind of hard to talk to. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I haven't even looked. Uh, I, I don't generally look at share. Um, gotcha. And I'm not trying to be evasive of the question. Mm-hmm. I don't. I, I just don't know if share matters. Mm. Uh, like I know it matters to people. I know that it matters. To executives, I know like people are interested in the number, but in terms of like what is the ultimate health of the industry, how are mm-hmm. things selling, what's going to move, what's not going to move, mm-hmm. share is the result of all those things and not a driver of those things, if you know what I mean. So, gotcha. um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I know it sounds like I'm trying to evade the question. I'm I'm not. I just I have no idea uh, where okay. the share structure is right now, or even like the kind of share they were talking about. Not fair enough, and like I said, we even appreciate you even going into that and answering that. Much yeah, appreciated. I mean, in regards to that question, did they specifically say just Nintendo as a whole? Because I know you mentioned other products, or did they, did they say Switch specifically? No, they're saying well, they said Nintendo as a whole. They're saying that they're, they're saying Nintendo will surpass Microsoft okay. as a whole. So that that that's where they're going now. You know, and, and okay. apparently this guy Market he predicted they should shoulder Microsoft out of the number two position this year. You know what I'm saying? So again, but I understand Lord Piscatello's point in reference to you know the the terminology and and share and what really you know what I'm saying like that means <laughs> that kind of thing. So I, I I can understand where he's coming from in that respect. I, I think Switch wins out in sales this year. I would say. Mm-hmm. I would say just an overall sales of, of, of consoles. I think they probably sell the most consoles this year. Mm-hmm. Um, where that puts them, you know, in the overall, you know, picture, I have no idea. But yeah, I think, I mean, they're really, <laughs> I yeah. think this year they're going to, they're going to run slipshot this year. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah they're gonna, okay, I'm sorry. I, I, have, yeah, I have them as, oh, sorry. Yeah, I have them as the top console seller too and the top driver of uh, physical software, digital software, not so much. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, I agree with that. Oh, Sorry cool. to cut you. No, no worries, no worries. Cool. So to appreciate all those answering those questions for us. A lot of gamers, you know, always every month they, they we always have these discussions, these debates, and it's always good to get some clarity. So appreciate we with that. Now we got some. We were getting these topics, and it's just gonna be a couple of topics. But uh, we actually have some hot off the presses at the round table. A raven <laughs> was sent 
from the other lords. So it looks like um just actually, I don't know if it was yesterday or a couple of few days ago, one of our BioWare's most uh, prominent writers, Drew, I can't pronounce this guy's name, I'm gonna say Carpetian. Um, he was actually the lead writer on Mass Effect 2. So it's just been reported that um he's left um BioWare and he was the one writing the actual he left the studio and he's, he was the lead writer for um Anthem. So um looks like Casey Hudson. <laughs> yeah, the, the reason why you know why I'm bringing this Days up. Look, of King. Destiny. Oh god. <laughs> you know I'm bringing this up look King because again just want to you know clarify, you know, Casey Hudson, you know, actually the GM who you know, huge fan of Casey Hudson, you know, from Mass Effect One. He actually came out in a statement and responded to a Twitter fan. He basically just said, "Look, that uh, Carpetian had had, um, had finished his work at Anthem. He, he's saying his work was already completed, and then he left. You know, and then they did speak to you know Carpetian again. And apparently, it's not the first time he's left before. Like he's he was probably his best known for his being the lead writer for Mass Effect One and Two, and then between the periods of Mass Effect Two and Three. Then he left and he kind of went into do novels and his own kind of graphic novel kind of thing. But yeah, he put it on his personal site and left again. So I want to bring this to the Lords. Like, what do we feel about this? Is this Shades of Destiny 2? Are we overblowing this? But this is hot off the presses. The Raven just came through and dropped the note off at the, at the, in the round. What do the Lords feel? Uh, it's very valid. It makes you uh, get queasy in the stomach, especially uh, we keep associating Anthem with Destiny. So mm -hmm. now it's probably living up to the whole Destiny uh, <laughs> moniker <laughs> that it has set forth. Because uh, what did we lose? Did we lose uh, the writers before on Destiny and they had to yeah. do some real condensed version? And mm -hmm. they said that we were going to get so much more content this time and so mm -hmm. much story. Mm. I'm just like, <laughs> like I hope uh, it's not that. I hope is I hope you know he did finish his job and he didn't rage quit. I hope. Um, but you know we can only time will tell. Uh, Lord Attic, I'm curious about your perspective as as Destiny guys initially. You know, what what do you feel about this when you when you heard this news? I just heard it. Hmm. I guess it's good on if you know if if it went exactly the way they said he finished his project. Mm -hmm. uh, Bungie better be hoping that it didn't go that way. <laughs> You're right. You're absolutely right. With, with the state that Destiny Two is in right now, they need a few wins. <laughs> a few. Okay, we'll go with that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, Lord Piscatella. What are, what are, what's your feeling on this? And um, or were you interested in Anthem in any capacity? Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, video game projects these days are hundreds of people who are dedicated to the project. Uh, one person coming or going while having an impact at the leadership level doesn't necessarily mean a game turns out better or worse. So uh, I, I have no idea. Like, there's so many people involved and so many people have their passion to the game that, you know, these things these things happen. Um I don't know. <laughs> mm -hmm. no, I, no, I hear you. I hear you. It's good. Yeah, I'm sure they happen a lot more than uh, it looks like. Yeah. Lord, well, Lord most, most game makers don't have a name like that, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Lois, how are you feeling on this hot off the presses? Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of with Matt on this. I don't know what to think about it. I think the fact that they got out in front of it, means that they know the type of impact that uh, something like this can have on the community and, and speculation. So mm -hmm. I, it's going to be a matter of just seeing what else happens around the game. If we get more delays, if we keep going um, 
you know, you know, PAXs, E3s, whatnot, without seeing a substantial chunk of this game and mm-hmm. seeing what the game is, then maybe we worry about what's happening with it. Um, as of right now, it's just it's one person. It's significant because he sort of drives the narrative of, of what you know the story. So, um, so it's big, but at the same time, I, I'm not gonna. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm yeah, I'm just gonna wait and see. And, yeah. and honestly, mm-hmm. if more more bad stuff starts to happen around it, then then maybe you worry. Right. Well, I know. I mean, uh, I, I'll, I'll finish the talk off. I know. Uh, wasn't it uh, Jason Schreier had put something out recently and he was just basically going off onto, you know, the, the constraints that they were under. And obviously we know that uh, as far as Bioware as a studio, but we, we know that, uh, you know, Mass Effect and Drive and it didn't really hit as it, as it should. And there's some changes there. So we do know, regardless to the speculation, we do know that there is a lot of pressure on this title. This is a very highly anticipated mm-hmm. title. They have a lot of stock in this title. Like Matt, you know, Lord Piscatella said, you know, who knows? I mean, this could be something that he could have been done already, you know, and then he's just moving on. But again, you know, to Lord King's point, you know, as Destiny fans, we've heard kind of like this kind of rhetoric before. Not saying that this is the case with Bioware, <laughs> but, you know, it just it just makes you raise your eyebrow. You just hope everything's OK. You hope the game comes out. You know, there's a lot riding behind it. And we'll just let's see what happens, man. <laughs> you know, whenever I hear lead writers before a game release, it just reminds me of Destiny. So I thought it was quite interesting, you know, when this came out. But uh, we're going to move into these topics. Lord Sov, Nintendo had a direct this week. What's going on, man? Yes, they did. They dropped it under everybody's noses. I mean, it was just one of those things where nobody, there was no speculation about this one. So it was kind of a surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, listen, if you're, if you've been someone who's been critical of Nintendo mm-hmm. for porting everything under the sun to the Switch, this is probably not the direct for you. That that narrative, <laughs> this that narrative hasn't changed that much. Um, in terms of me, though, I'm happy. <laughs> Give it all to me. Give it all. To me. <laughs> so let's. I mean, let's start off with. The 3DS stuff. 3DS very quickly. Um, Must we? No, I'm just joking. <laughs> I'll mention it quickly. I'll mention it quickly. If, if only. I'm a if hater. I'm a switch holder. I'm a hater. I know. I know. Continue. I mean, the the the, the tale of the, the 3DS just can't. You can't deny it. Like, it's sales so tales of this game. It's so right. successful. I can't be mad at them for continuing to release games for it. At the same time, you see that, you know, their segment is getting smaller and smaller. So it is getting near the end of its life cycle. How close that is, we'll, you know, we don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, But I mentioned it specifically because there are games coming to the 3DS now that I I still wish they were coming to the Switch as well. Um, So you have a compilation of of Warrior games and I think some new stuff in there as well. That's coming to 3DS. So that's something I think that would do extremely well on the Switch, and I wish it was coming here. Um, a game called Dillion's Dead Heat Breakers, which is sort of like strategy mixed with action. Um, it was announced yeah, in Japan. It looks good. Yeah, it was initially announced for Japan, and, and we're getting it um, now on the 3DS. Mm-hmm. And then you're getting uh, Mario Luigi Bowser's Inside Story. Mm-hmm. Um, is coming back, and I guess they this this time it has Bowser Jr. in it, isn't it as well? So another game that I think would love to come to the Switch. Um, and then the last two things were um, Detective Pikachu's finally coming uh, to the West. <laughs> so we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna get old man Pikachu. <laughs> that game looks weird. That game looks so weird. <laughs> um, <laughs> But it's coming with with new amiibo, of course. You know they can't drop. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, he's a big amiibo too. He's a big one. He's a bigger. 
the ears perked up when I said amiibo, just like Pikachu. He's so. he's a biggin. He's a biggin. He's a yeah. he's a nice size amiibo too. He's yeah. a biggin. <laughs> <laughs> and then finally, we're getting Luigi's Mansion, uh, a remake from the <sighs> GameCube game. <sighs> and I'm like, why are we not getting this on the Switch? Uh, exactly. You <laughs> will get it after they milk this crowd. Come on, yeah, stop it. Will. You're right, kid. You guys I, are right. I, I think they're at the point though they could just. They could just release them for both day and date, and they'd be fine. All I and know is PlayStation mm. and Xbox better hope they never get rid of that because that's where you think their games are going on the Switch. <laughs> <laughs> we know we know the indie health is really doing well. You know yeah. when they when they put they put these titles out on Switch in comparison to imagine you know imagine if the now next Pokemon announced uh, that it wasn't coming on the 3DS and it was only on the Switch. Like you're gonna you're gonna force a lot of of 3ds owners to go out and buy a switch mm-hmm. oh rage quit you know they're gonna stand outside <laughs> with their tiki torches and that game will be announced for the 3ds so they have it's way more 3ds's out there than switches so mm-hmm. don't let yeah. those tiki torches come out yeah i mean let me ask let me ask Lord piscatello this um in reference to that being that i'm seeing this in the chat now that we're talking about it you know the health of the 3ds because it's still I guess doing so well, you know, is that part of a factor as to why Nintendo's like, you know, we're not going to completely abandon it. It's still, you know, a lot of revenue there. You know, most most people, most gamers want them, like myself, selfishly. I'm a Switch owner, so I do want them to move on. But from a business standpoint, I do understand if it's really doing well, it's kind of hard to just abandon it. Like, wh- what's your thought process on that? Yeah, so sales the last few years have been very consistent. Generally, you see this late in the cycle. You know, sales really kind of tail off down to nothing. But um, thanks to their release schedule and just how basically that and because they've started to emphasize the 2DS instead of the 3DS and lower the price point, like sales been very consistent. It's almost mm-hmm. weird how like basically every year it's the same number. Mm-hmm. So I mean, as, as long as people are engaging and like, so and what they're trying to do is right now they're trying to provide mom something to hand to the kid that's not the cell phone mm. like so a, a 79 dollar 3ds or 89 dollar 3ds or 2ds that has pokemon on it and a couple other games mm-hmm. fantastic all you need like the the target the target market is very different the target market's definitely kids whereas mm. the switch is definitely adults so mm. like a kid from a gamer perspective you want everything on switch but mm. there are pretty good reasons to keep these things going and and I forgot who said it, but someone just said a minute ago, yeah, they can bring it out to Switch later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. They can sell it now. Yeah. They can sell it to you again. Yeah, uh, you know. <laughs> masters Let's are doing it. that. <laughs> the masters of the double dip. Yeah, I wonder how many of you picked up Super Smash Brothers for the 3DS and the Wii U. Yep. Mm. And it's sold. I mean, you got to look at it, man. That market is not a market that you abandon. You know, my son plays his 3DS really hard. He just went to the store, the GameStop, the other day for his sister's birthday. And he got all his little, um, you know, 3DS games. So he really plays it, you know, and he has every console. So he really favors the. um, Actually, King, you're making a good point because. Go ahead, go ahead, Lord Attic. I'll let you finish. And I'll finish up, follow up with you. I'm okay with mm-hmm. this, the 3DS being around, mm-hmm. but I feel like there, you know, if it wasn't for the Switch being so popular and it was and for the Switch, mm-hmm. you know, having that portability, like I feel like they'd be making the same mistakes because it does look like sometimes they, you know, a lot of the times they favor the 3D, like 
Who would not want a, a Luigi's Mansion remake for yeah, the Switch? Like, serious. why isn't that on the Switch? That makes no sense. Same like, thing with Metroid. When Metroid came out, it like like Matt said, like the the demographic for the 3DS at this point should be fairly younger. So why not give the more adult game Metroid to the people on the Switch? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But to, but to Lord King's point, which is kind of doubling down on what, in conjunction with what Lord Piscatel is saying, is that um, it's like Lord King is like, look, the Switch is his adult system, right? He's not giving it to his, you know, say his son. He's not giving it to his, he's giving him a 3DS. Mm-hmm. So ba- basically it falls in line with what Lord Matt Piscatel is saying is that, you know, that's how they're viewing it. And that market is still strong. It's like, you know, you, you won't damage the hot new Ferrari. You get this. <laughs> There is always going to be children, you know, um, and as long as there are children, Nintendo will thrive like no other. And that portability, you go to the doctor's office and you give him the 2DS and he playing it. I'm sorry. They can't get rid of that thing. It's winning right now. Like he said, it's consistent every year because it's children being born every year. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Lord, what else did, uh, Nintendo right. have for us. So now we jump into the Switch stuff. Um, and yeah, we were seeing a lot of ports, but the stuff that we said that we wanted to see, uh, Captain Toad Treasure Tracker is finally coming, coming to both 3DS mm-hmm. and the Switch um, after being uh, on the Wii U. So mm-hmm. that's fantastic because I never played it on Wii U, so I'd <laughs> love to have it on the Switch. Um, Absolutely. In terms of more ports, uh, they gave a date for Hyrule Warriors Definitive Edition. Um, again, Dynasty Warriors isn't my thing, Per se, mm-hmm. but hey, uh, it's it's good to see it on the Switch. Um, in terms of third party stuff, so we have South Park: The Fractured Butthole finally coming. Um, <laughs> we talked about this last night. How it was, I, I hope they mm-hmm. announced like a package deal with that and the Stick of Truth because yeah. it only makes sense that they package both games together. I, I've been told that they're both coming out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes sense. Makes it makes sense. sense that it would. That's a huge um, get, y'all. We can't. We can't. Oh, that's a huge get for them. I feel no, like- I, I'm gonna have to be real. Like, mm-hmm. I've definitely been on the uh, the neutral side of Nintendo, where they could go or they could come. It doesn't really matter to me. <laughs> but that direct, like, I was like, okay, I, I can, okay, all right. <laughs> you know, I was like, wow, I was <laughs> really? I mean, I'm surprised because I mean, it, it was just a lot of ports. It's like it's a lot because it shows me the you- thing that I have the biggest issue is: are they committing to third party? And if they're having South Park, yeah, mm-hmm. they're committing. Okay, yep. that's good. That's good to see. It's third party committing to them. <laughs> that's that's the whole thing. Is you know, I always felt that it wasn't Nintendo, you know, telling people no. It was the other people telling Nintendo no with the Wii U. And right now they're riding such a high that these guys got to get down or lay down. It's just very simple. The numbers are showing that they're selling, and why not have your game there so it can sell? Just mm-hmm. do it a very decent port. Don't do WWE. Mm-hmm. That's all. Yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. So then, so then we have like we have Little Nightmares coming as well, a mm-hmm. game that came out on PS4 initially and PC, I think, and then Xbox, and now it's coming to Switch. Mm-hmm. Um, we have the Travis Strikes Again. Um, they showed a little more footage of that, which is uh, anybody who's a fan of No More Heroes uh, yes. should be interested in this mm-hmm. <laughs> the weirdness that is Travis Touchdown. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, uh, I guess they gave more info on Kirby Star Allies, which I downloaded the demo for Kirby Star Allies. Mm-hmm. It's so beautiful, and it's such an acute and endearing game, but, it, but it's just so Kirby and so easy. Like, it's just one of those things, like, I'll get it when it's on sale <laughs> just to have it on my console. 
but it mm-hmm. is it is a very pretty game mm-hmm. um and definitely speaks to that younger demographic that i think is just gonna eat it up yeah um so besides that oh yeah we have undertale coming as well undertale finally coming one. too yep. yeah that's a yeah. big one mm-hmm. that's a big one it was huge on pc a lot of people even had it up as a uh, game of the year mm-hmm. the name the year that it launched so it's it's mm-hmm. Good to get that game on there, um, and then we have then we have Okami HD, huge HD remake, remake oh yeah, God. with uh, motion controls, I believe too. Yeah, you have motion controls. You can play it a number of different ways, and you're mm. getting the HD version. I was kind of worried that you'd get maybe if <laughs> if it was coming, we were going to get the older version without right. the the updated graphics and whatnot. So it's good mm-hmm. to see that it's coming. A lot of people, for a lot of people, Okami. Mm-hmm. is just as good as some of the best Zelda games. So Kami's oh, yeah. um, a classic. Uh, to see it on the Switch is fantastic. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm going to have to uh, penalize you for that statement. What did you just say? It's a for classic. a lot of people, a lot of people think, that not all Zelda games, some Zelda games, Kami's <laughs> up there with it. I didn't say it for myself. Don't, don't <laughs> jump. Down. He clarified that early. <laughs> <For real. laughs> the one with the wrath of addict on me today. If I had a button to push and you just jumped out, that would be impressive. <laughs> Continue, Lord, so let's finish up. The I, like, I like Okami. I wouldn't mm-hmm. call it a Zelda killer, but I like Okami. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, let me see. So beyond that, oh, okay. We have Crash the Bandicoot is coming to Nintendo. No, which people never saw coming. <laughs> some people. So, yeah, some people. I mean, again, it's to me, Activision is going to do what they're going to do. And they mm-hmm. saw the success they had with it on the PlayStation, obviously, the platform that, that introduced the world to Crash. So, um, but I guess it only makes sense that it comes to other consoles. Uh, Activision owns the property now. They saw the success it had on the PS4. They want to see that continue. Hopefully, if it you know the sales are 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 right on Xbox and the Switch, we're going to see a new Crash game. Um, at some point, which is, uh, which is what Crash fans want. I mean, ultimately, if you're a fan of Crash, oh, evil King Lad. Oh, we got your baby now. <laughs> He's so evil. Continue. So. I mean, it's good to me. It it gives Crash the best chance of coming back um, mm-hmm. in, in a new iteration. So it's fantastic to see. Now, Nothing for everyone. <laughs> I can't. I, I, yo, I love that. The sound of for so, everyone sounds so great. The families. Uh, oh, yeah, my God, Lord. Maybe you should explain to Matt Piscatello. Oh, my God. We won't get into it too deep. No, it's, it's too long. It's, it's too, too long. It's, it's too, too drawn long. out. Yeah. But the, here is the Cliff Notes version. Matt, I am so happy that uh, a property that was supposedly exclusive, really wasn't, because it was on an Xbox system before, mm-hmm. is now being able to be enjoyed by everyone. I love that part. That's all. <laughs> That's all. <this> thing. <laughs> I love that part, too. Like, these games, I, I don't know, man. Exclusivity, I get the business case for it. Yeah. But but shoot, man, like, these, these are fun games that people should just have fun playing, so the business kind of gets in the way of that sometimes. Yeah. See? Absolutely. Matt feels how I feel. <laughs> <laughs> The final big three announcements. Um, so Splatoon 2 is mm-hmm. getting a, a DLC add-on with the Octolings, and it's a single player, like robust add-on. Um Splatoon 2, man, like it it's it's big here. It is huge, huge in, Japan. in Japan. 
huge in Japan. So mm -hmm. the fact that um, they're continuing to add to this game shows uh, the confidence they have in this property mm -hmm. and the single player stuff I thought was cool. I, I in Splatoon 2, I liked it. I, I could have done with more platforming elements. Like I, I think they needed to incorporate it more to make it feel more like a platformer with, mm -hmm. with, you know, like if you look at like Mario Sunshine or something like that, you use that as sort of like a baseline for for how to handle like the water physics and stuff like that and the ink physics mm -hmm. um so that's very cool to see mm -hmm. um mario tennis they they broke down the gameplay of mario tennis they didn't go too much into um like the story mode and the, and the campaign and whatnot but they broke down the gameplay and they added mm -hmm. so many different things in terms of like trick shots and like countering trick shots like they really broke down Man, and they got in depth mm -hmm. they got in depth with it and it again they made the game a lot more robust and then they also allow you to play it in a less arcadey way with like yes. regular rules no crazy trick shots so mm -hmm. I i'm kind of excited for mario tennis i want to see what the story mode does and, mm -hmm. and how they kind of turn things around on that um mm -hmm. and then the big one boom the big one boom <laughs> Everybody knew what it was, it was coming, but it didn't keep people from losing their minds mm. when they saw that Smash Brothers was announced for the Switch. Boom! With, with the Octolings in tow. So they're going to be in the Switch version. Mm. Um, yeah, people lost their minds. Everybody knew it, it was coming. It was just a matter of time. They were not, not going to release Smash Brothers on the Switch. Um, but I think the speculation now is, what is it? Mm. it, it is it something brand new? Or is it just a souped-up Wii U version with question. the Octolings added? There's a lot of speculation going on in reference to that, and I know people saw that they saw Breath of the Wild Link in the back, and there's a lot of speculation going on. But let's bring let's bring it to the to the table and bring it to Lord Piscatella. Um, what did you feel overall about the uh, Nintendo Direct? Did it excite you? Anything specifically? What was your what was your thought process on it? Yeah. So, like, okay, let's talk about Smash for a second because uh, I'm. I'm a little confused. I'm still confused. <laughs> so, so Smash had or the Switch has the online service coming later this year, right? Yes. They need something to put with that product yes. or with that offering, and of course, it was going to be Smash. I thought this was the most, <laughs> the most like uh, the most of course announcement of the whole direct. It just seemed the most obvious thing going into it that this would be the the the, the takeaway, and yet. I always see the videos of grown ass men falling to the ground and, <laughs> and wiggling. Oh my god! Like they're don't, don't you take my glory, love, Piscatola? Don't you take like, my like glory. they're possessed or something? Like I don't. <laughs> I saw reactions for Super Smash Brothers uh, like that though. Yeah. No, dude. It was. It was. He's. 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 He's correct. I, I mean, I was retweeting the day it was announced. I mean, people were in the. I kind of had it. Huge feeling that was gonna happen. So. Yeah, like people in the Nintendo New York store, and I guess they would let live oh, announce, and they oh. were going crazy. People were passing out. <laughs> yeah, like of course they're gonna do that with the Switch Online offering. I think it's the fan a fantastic game to come day one uh, with the online offering. So we'll see how that does. I wanted to touch on one other point that well, two points really that were made in the conversation. One on Okami or Okami Okami yes. HD. <laughs> Like so, I bought that game on. I bought that game on PS2. I bought it on 360. I think I bought it on PC. I'm gonna buy it again for Switch. I might actually play it this time. I'll actually be able to do like the mechanics of the lines and the circles without being frustrated to hell and back. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Um, 
He's looking forward to a mechanic actually working. <laughs> yeah, not being terrible. I'm looking forward to that. Awesome. Uh, but on the um, on the indie development scene, we're talking a little bit about it earlier about how like uh, games are doing best on Switch for these indie developers. We're seeing a lot of these games come to the platform. I think we're going to see so many of them that it's going to be uh, a little bit problematic of, for discovery. I think there's going to be like just a whole wave of these games. Like we're now we're getting like ten a week. I think by the end of this year, we're probably getting 15, 20 a week, and a lot of them being good. Mm-hmm. So I, 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 if you look at the GDC, the Game Developers Conference, which is coming up here in two weeks, yes, they do a state of the industry survey every year, and they publish it. You can go check it out online. It's totally free to check oh, out. I will do. I will definitely do. Um, but it's it's uh, a number of developers will respond about what they see as the big trends in gaming, and mm-hmm. the responses in this year's survey are all about Switch. How excited the indie development scene is for Switch, mm-hmm. how optimistic they are on the platform, and so I think you're going to see just a. I think this is like what we're seeing right now, like these directs. They're they're pretty fantastic announcement packages, mm-hmm. but I think as the year goes on, we're just going to see so much come to the Switch, mm-hmm. which is a good thing, which is a good a great thing, but it's also a bit of a challenge mm. now you say like a challenge in what way like a kind of like from oversaturation or yeah yeah when you have so many games coming every week it's hard to figure out what's good and what's not and like yeah. let's be honest the eShop is not built for discoverability correct you know correct. absolutely correct i have to give you that they have to figure out a way to tackle that you was going to say something sovereign in reference to that no no he's right i mean it's just not at this point you would think that with the when the online service comes comes on they've had some sort of overhaul to that um, mm-hmm. because it's like, like Matt says, like I, I know King for, for a long time was saying like, you know, there's a lot of shovelware on there, oh. but it's just, it's just smaller games. It's smaller games that you don't, you don't know about them, but a lot of them, that's, I mean, that's why we just, you know, myself and Cognito kept just going back to it because it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, but when you're releasing 10 games a, a, a week mm-hmm. and six or seven of them are good, mm-hmm. I mean, that's unprecedented. You don't find that anywhere. Wait, yeah. did you just say six or seven of them are good? <laughs> yeah, oh my god! You're equating you're equating a four ninety nine price point with bad. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not. Don't put me in that group. I'm man. I'm cut that saying, out. There's mm-hmm. so many of them. There were a lot of them. Why did you think I'm not just gonna go play shovelware for for the sake of playing shovelware? Like mm-hmm. I, I have other games to play. So if I'm on the switch and I'm looking at these games, what I'm looking at are the games that have primarily been on PC mm-hmm. that are coming over that were popular on PC, right? Mm-hmm. And games that have come over to console as well that for, you know, again, I'm playing mostly AAA stuff on my consoles. Very, I, I'm not going to take the time out to play an indie game so much on my console. In the same way, yeah. I love the indie game on the go. On the I think that's perfect. I play anything that has a trial available that I can get my little fingers on and touch. <laughs> and once you got a trial out, and then I say to myself, like, nine parchments, I really wanted to check it out. And then mm-hmm. I played it, and I said, wow, I'm going to purchase this. Put a mm-hmm. trial out, let the king touch, and if the king likes, the king buys. Simple. Hey, 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 from software, put a trial out for Dark Souls. <laughs> I'm not buying that crap. I already got that gap. This is crap. I don't. I don't like it. <laughs> I'm not King. Not feeling it. <laughs> I think King needs to to stream that. I think that would be hilarious. I'm not doing that. That's that's your lane. You could do that try hard stuff. I told you. I'm it's in the lane. Give me a. Give me a. All right. You know what? Petition them. Get an amiibo that helps me. And that's <laughs> it. <laughs> 
no, just so I clarify, what kind of amiibo do we need to? to I want an amiibo that puts you like a ghost dog or something, something vicious, <laughs> something nice. You know, do, something you worthwhile a, instead of me just standing up genie. moving my arms. Like right an amiibo that gives them like magic darts where it kills everything. That's right. I want Vantage. <laughs> I'm, I'm here for vantage. Good to yourself before you move on. No, I mean, I, I mean, that's it. I mean, I, I, I get what, what Matt's saying. Like, you get to a point where there's so much good stuff, and there's no way to to filter that out. Um, it's tough. It's tough. And it anything anything on the UI front that's very complicated mm-hmm. is gonna make that switch run kind of it's going to start chugging a little bit so um it's something to consider how they handle all that stuff moving forward yeah the eShop's yeah, gonna be big. So, yeah they have so right now the, the system's one year old mm-hmm. there are 48 48 by my count 48 games rated 80 or higher on the system mm. That, mm. that's never that's never happened before mm. uh and as we get more and more games coming to switch it's going to become a bigger problem Finding these great games, so I don't know. Um, interested to see how this how this all works again because you know a lot of people don't believe. How many? How many high high rated? According to that? Open Critic, according to Open Critic, there are forty eight games on Switch rated eighty or higher. Mm, so there's good games on this platform. <laughs> huh? I'm sorry. Somebody got like them. <laughs> oh, and, and, you know, before we move on, I did have a little knack to uh, to pull. How dare you, Dreamcast guy, to put Mario Odyssey over The Legend of Zelda on your top ten Switch games? Really, we got to bring Dreamcast guy back on. We'll we'll, we'll have to clarify that. Uh, you know, he must have been under duress when he said that. Let me just. <laughs> someone, someone secretly had a gun to him when he was uh, both the good games. Both are good games, but I, I'm a Zelda guy. So, all right, we're gonna we're gonna move on. If anybody else anything else on the on the direct, and we will move on to our final topic, and uh, that is the inside at. Xbox it went down the big show. And Xbox has been teasing. You know, they came out on stage this Saturday. They had a lot to discuss. It was pretty long, actually. It's almost two hours. And um, yeah, it looks like the, like the Xbox engineering team, Larry Herb, Major Nelson with those white gloves, <laughs> showcasing things. But um, looks like the first thing they did announce was uh, from AMD. They, they talked about the uh, AMD Radeon, the FreeSync display technology. So they're going to be enabling that. To work with the Xbox One, you know, they talked about a lot of the UI updates. They had uh, shared a Twitter, you know, stuff to people who are in the alpha ring, like myself, and these people will be getting. I can actually can do it now, but the, the future uh, update will uh, definitely go out to the rest of the community, so you can do it straight from screenshot to your Twitter. No extra website in the middle as a middleman. You know, they also talked about the uh, auto low latency mode, which I thought was pretty cool. Like almost like with Samsung TVs, they have a game mode. So it's going to recognize if the game is being played that way, automatically switch your TV to a low latency mode. This is great for uh, FPS, first person shooters, stuff like that, where you want to kind of have an advantage. And also when you're doing, you know, going switching back, back between movie, streaming, and so on and so forth. Browser, Edge browser got an update. Share controller on Mixer was announced. And then they definitely doubled down on Sea of Thieves. We know that's a Game Pass game that's coming, so they gave us a lot of background information on that. They d- deep dived into that, and as well, I even like had a music segment, which is pretty interesting. Uh, I had a couple of little quests and bundles that they talked about, things like that. So, um, and of course, you know, Game Pass. The, the last thing I believe they initiate, they talked about the um, City Skylines, and how that's going to be entering Game Pass. So, I uh, just want to get thoughts from the round table, and let's get uh, Lord Piscatello on this, and if, if, if you got a chance to catch. The inside at Xbox, and if he did, 
you know, what was his thoughts and impressions? Uh, so not related. Uh, mm-hmm. I fell asleep. About <laughs> totally related. Totally related. <laughs> <laughs> It wasn't the fall of the show. I've been hey, on the road man. a lot. I, yeah, I was my tired. man Matt is always tired, man. He works a lot. You got to give him. I was tired. No, like I'm cool. Like I don't know. Uh, it was, it was fine. Okay, so no, nothing really per se stood out for you per se. Not for me. Did you at least catch the uh, the white gloves? Did you catch the white gloves? Did you catch? I, I caught them on I caught them on Twitter later, and the the panic about dropping the box. Um, you know, like uh, so, you got to give them credit for one thing. Like they are really into hardware and making yes. things pretty and shiny. Like like they make they make really nice looking hardware, and uh, mm-hmm. that's always fun to watch. Got you. So you got the golden banana and the golden Xbox golden. One X and the and then I and then I fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> My man, love is tell. <laughs> so let's get this to the rest of the Lords. Uh, any first of all, who who did get a chance to to watch this whole thing yet? Anybody else finish it yet, or at least catch most of it? I did, and yeah. um, okay, okay. I felt that they need to adopt a more Nintendo Direct type of mm-hmm. um way of doing things uh they just seem like the not so hip older uncle that tries to be hip and he's like hey what you guys are doing it's lit outside no don't say that um <laughs> so it's, it, that's how it comes across to me and yeah it's, it's cringeworthy but i've noticed now because i'm looking at the xbox dashboard and they broke it down like i said into snippets of uh five minutes Mm-hmm. What I said is what they should have did was do the show as a whole and mm-hmm. release it at uh, 20 minute segments uh, on a Friday, if you choose every week mm-hmm. or, you know, break it down even further that mm-hmm. it's like five minutes uh, every day of the weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and they have mm-hmm. something to look forward to the way that people are consuming things. They want it quick. They want it fast. They just want the information. Yeah. I think the Nintendo directs are done perfectly that they control the narrative mm-hmm. they get out of the way of the video games they put the video games front and center mm-hmm. they let you see what you want to see i don't back. care for the banter back and forth mm-hmm. i don't care for the interaction between uh the uh, it was like a game show like contestants it, it, it just <laughs> it rubbed me the completely the wrong way and mm-hmm. they have been missing the mark on that so much in presentation sony is king nintendo mm-hmm. is second and Following by a far third is Microsoft always. Mm, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, Lord Attic, I'm curious. Uh, we watched a bit of it together. You, you're my watch buddy. So, um, you know, what, what did you feel? What's your whole thing? Do you think it was like a, as far as the, 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 the format or what they need to change? Like, I don't know mm-hmm. why people expected this to be E3 caliber. Like, mm-hmm. this is monthly. This isn't like one thing they did. This is actually like, more consistent than directs are mm-hmm. it's going to be every month regardless sometimes you go like a couple months without directs mm-hmm. so the fact that your month. thing is the fact that you love it like it's a monthly thing well it's not that, that it's just i had my expectations to how it was gotcha. put okay. into place it's like they expect first off of any kind of big announcements that's always e3 mm-hmm. that's when the most eyes are on them they're not going to show like the next fable on inside Xbox. <laughs> it's not gonna be on inside Xbox. I'm not gonna get that. <laughs> you know, I feel like this is mainly a platform that you know places like first at IGN when they have a state of the decay mm-hmm. that you might see less and less of that and more and more on this. 
Gotcha. Okay. Do you think, let me ask you this question, Lord, because you, you, you actually got my mind racing. So do you think they're going to use this more in conjunction? Because you know to see a thief, they really double down. And we do know that's coming very shortly, right? And it's in the game. But do you think they're also going to use this as a platform to springboard like the Game Pass stuff as well and really get more into death? Like you I may see something next month with State of the Game? Same, same what's going to happen next month. Mm, okay. okay. So overall, yeah. you were satisfied. Yeah, I, you know, obviously there was a lot of corny moments, like a lot, like a lot, a lot. <laughs> like every, I feel like I was saying that was corny more than I was actually watching the. Yes, because I heard. You. <laughs> but it was good for what it is. Like people want what they want, and they want it exactly how they want it. Like That's we right. got what we wanted, mm-hmm. but you didn't get it exactly how you wanted. Like you can't have both sometimes. The finest is coming at you. He said you're damage controlling, two hours <laughs> long. He's coming for you hard to chat, bro. Like he's he's not playing no games with you. <laughs> Look, man, we're probably gonna talk about this on Planet Xbox too. If you want the R-rated version, you want really going in on you, come there. And he has spoken. Lord Saul, what do you feel? What's your, what's your overall impressions on this thing, man? I fall sort of in the middle between, uh, you know, what King said and what Addict said. Because with King, I do I do agree that they're just bad at mess at how they message things. And, like, they, they're bad at just being quick, concise, get to the point, focus on what everybody wants to see, which is the games. Mm-hmm. Um, and, or the announcement, like, quickly focus on the announcement. The mm-hmm. You know, the, the banter between, like, hosts and stuff like that. It's just, it's... It, I, I don't I don't care for it. I mm-hmm. just want to see the games like with Nintendo directs, they control the message and they still manage to give you some of that Nintendo weirdness and quirkiness, you know, yeah, like, yeah. It, they, they still give you that. So it, it's it's something that they just need to work on in that with mm-hmm. that. Um, Am I the only one that feels like Nintendo is going to do that little snap what? their finger thing every yeah, podcast? That, now? Oh, yeah, that's that's the thing is the audio cue. That's yeah, the switch it. thing. Yeah. King was talking about that last night, how that gives you the cue that something new is coming on the screen. If it, if they're talking about something that you don't mm-hmm. care for, you know when they snap his fingers that something yeah. new is mm-hmm. So yeah, I, it just it, it's been there from the beginning. It's perfect. Um gotcha. but I but to Addict's point, um I yeah, I do think like it's gonna it gives it the opportunity to evolve, right? Mm-hmm. Like every you yes. can't, I, I won't. I don't necessarily see this being the format for next month month's thing. I think the mm. the content is gonna is gonna kind of dictate how they handle it on a month to month basis. Fair. So I, I don't necessarily see it being this this you know this uh, stagnant thing every month that it's gonna be the same format and whatnot. Mm. Um, and then from the announce the stuff that they announced themselves, you know me, I, I'm a tech head so like mm-hmm. for me the the variable refresh rate stuff is huge that was what got me game mode 1440p uh, like i i yeah. like geeking off of that stuff yeah the game mode stuff not so much for me i only play in low latency mode in any time like in a competitive shoot or something like that beyond that i don't turn it on i think it it, it affects because it affects video quality your, your, yeah it affects the yeah. quality adversely a little bit so mm-hmm. i'd rather not but if you're playing something competitive, yeah, you give yourself the best advantage you possibly can. Mm-hmm. But the variable refresh rate stuff is huge because not everybody plays on on monitors and, and not everybody has a FreeSync monitor. But mm-hmm. this uh, over the past year, I think they've mm-hmm. started. They start to be TVs that are implementing it more and more. And I think as as this stuff uh, becomes more ubiquitous in consoles, you know, Xbox doing it now, maybe PlayStation does it in the future. I think we'll start seeing more TVs that support it. Um, so it's, I think it's, it's a huge thing, you know, yeah. I'll jump in real quick. I mean, yeah. So I mean, I was watching it with, uh, with addict. Um, 
Yeah, it was a little too long and sleep inducing in certain parts. I just can't love his controller's frustration. <laughs> no, it you had know? nothing to do with the show. I was just uh, really tired. I wanted to bring up something I've seen in the chat. Go Look, for it. Brad, you might do, okay? <laughs> But you can't tell me that you had zero expectations for this and then complain when it what didn't go to your expectations. That do, that's literally contradicting what you just said. <laughs> like you can't have zero expectations and be like they didn't have they I didn't really think they were gonna show anything. And then well, how long was uh was your guys' podcast yesterday? Oh, we did lots of arcade with uh, yeah, with the so, basically like, arcade. You can't yesterday. spend that whole time complaining about it and then expect me to believe you've really had zero expectations. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> no, listen, man. At the end of the day, I'm I'm on a show with like uh, shout out to a uh, Tick Podcast last night. They had a good show, and I'm um, also shout out to uh, Lord Sam Tobert, our Lord Editor. I came in, you know. I came in with low expectations. I knew at 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 this point in the stage I, where Microsoft is for me, I'm just happy that they're doing something like this. This is something that Microsoft really hasn't done this gen so far. You know, you know, Sony's been the king of that with the PSXs and all these other little shows and stuff like that. Nintendo's been pumping it out with the directs to direct minis. So just for Microsoft to say, look, we're gonna throw ourselves in the hat. This is something the fans want. Because let's be honest, the fans get tired of just waiting for E3 and hopefully maybe they say something at Gamescom. So as a monthly thing, I think that's pretty cool. You know, they was it gotta restructure it? Yeah, they gotta restructure it. It's the first one. It was it way too long? Yes. Was it, you know, your weird uncle? Awkward in like some they, parts. I feel yes. like they quoted Major Nelson's gloves more than anything yeah, else. Yeah, the Major Nelson's gloves guy. Like he was Van White out there with the. Like, with the I'm just like, well, yeah, look, man, this is ridiculous. Like, <laughs> like look, and, and one thing I do have an issue with what they did is like, I thought they were going to show us new stuff on Sea of Thieves. They literally showed us everything we've already known. Like it was yeah. nothing new. Mm-hmm. So like that does kind of make me a little bit aggravated because it's like. You know, I understand they're trying to say stuff like the Kraken for launch, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of people that's completely down the middle with this game. So they needed right. to do something to right. win them over. And what they showed yesterday, just re-showing everything they've showed is not the way to do it. Got you. So again, you know, this is something that, you know, they can learn as far as presentation, just like Lord King said, you know, Sony, I feel is king with knowing how to present, how to get that stuff out. We reiterated, you know, again, last night on Lords of the Arcade with uh, Enrique. And, um, you know, I, like I said, I'm just glad the hat's in the ring. I'm glad it's monthly, though. You know, I'm to mm-hmm. me, honest, State of Decay is more my game. So that's the inside and Xbox. I don't think that's going to happen with inside Xbox. I they think, better. <laughs> I, I, I think IGN is going to show the majority of that. They might recap it with IGN. They might recap what they did with IGN. But I would expect State of Decay 2 in some form at the next inside Xbox, especially when this is a platform that they can use to promote those Game Pass exclusive games that's going to be dropping because the key to the service like this, if it's going to adopt like this Netflix style service, the key is going to be content. You have to keep producing exclusive content to make people want to stay subscribed and stay engaged with said service. So, I mean, it's just my opinion. What, what do you feel, Matt? In reference to, you know, their, them with Game Pass and, and, and promotion, like, what do you feel about that? They yeah, got- I agree. Like, they're going to have to keep bringing new content in and cycling stuff out and keeping people in the service. Yeah, I mean, how any subscription service really works uh, yeah. when it's not tied to paying for 
multiplayer uh, gameplay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and another thing that, that kind of like, just, since you're bringing it up, Matt, like why, like if they're going to use this service and they're going to do it every month, don't say we're going to announce one game coming to Game Pass next month and we'll save the rest for later. What? Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> you should probably announce them all on that platform if you want that to look, to, to actually do something. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. You know, I mean, we'll, we'll see. This thing hopefully may evolve. You know, this may not be the set format. They may be still finding their way. But, um, you know, that's what I had on it. If any of the lords, did, you know, had anything else, we'll wrap this thing up. Um, yeah, so it looks like we had a, the, oh, we got the new ILP poll, which we based on said show. <laughs> so with the recent return of uh, Microsoft's Indie Inside Xbox show. How satisfied are we with the format slash direction of the show? The choices are A, relax. It was just the debut. Show is perfectly fine as it is. B, show is way too long. Needs to mimic condensed Nintendo Direct format. C, presentation needs to improve and mimic Sony. Or D, I don't care as long as I get Major Nelson in those white gloves. <laughs> you realize that your last choice is always something ridiculous, right? You gotta love it, right? <laughs> the I don't care choice. The I don't, notice I don't care. that he was spreading that like he that that nonsense is spreading like a plague. I know they love it. I get a lot of this. By the end, you have to give people the outlet of gloves. <laughs> Watch out, Matt. He's coming for you next. You're gonna be wearing some white gloves. <laughs> Tell me about. It. That is the question. Those are the choices. Please rock the vote and hit the ILP Twitter polls hard when it go up. Lord Matt Piscatella of the MPG Group, much appreciated for stopping by in the realm of the Lords, dropping knowledge, educating us, educating the chat. Absolute pleasure to have you on the show, man. Where can the fine people find you and what else do you have going on? Oh, man. Well, thank you very much for the invite. It's been awesome. Uh, It's great spending part of Sunday with you. Uh, I don't know. I'm on Twitter at Matt Piscatella with one T because my mom was on drugs in the 70s. <laughs> um, and I got a, I got a blog uh, on NPD.com uh, where nice. I'll post some longer form stuff. Uh, nice. I, have to post, I haven't posted in a little bit. I need to post yeah. something. So I'm going to write something up there. Nice, man. Yeah, definitely give us the links to those po- those uh, those posts, and uh, I'll put them up. And also, will we be getting any of those uh y- your monthly MPD videos? I really, really look forward to those. Like, are, are those coming back? Yeah. So I missed January. Uh, things happen. So mm-hmm. uh, for for February, I'll be in a hotel room for four days with not much else to do at night. So uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm guessing February it's going to come back. It should be what um, right around. I don't know the twentieth or whatever day that is. So okay. yes, nice, yep. nice. Or twenty first, twentieth, no twentieth, twentieth, twentieth. All right, so we're gonna look out for it on the twentieth. Now, um, real quick question in reference to generally, it's like the after the fifteenth of the month is when generally those numbers you're allowed to kind of talk about and put them out for the previous month. Yeah, it's uh, it works off the retail calendar. It's all confusing. Uh, generally, the second or third Tuesday of the month is when these things will come out, but uh, it's it's weird. It depends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> You're at the mercy of them sometimes, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. It's all retail calendar based. So, uh, but I generally post things on Twitter about when it's coming out. 
Absolutely. Also, please support. Like I said, uh, you can catch him as well. He's on the SDGC podcast. Great groups, guys. Lord Negative. He's been on the show multiple times. Also, you can catch him sometimes on the Basement Radio Arcade podcast. Also dropping knowledge over there who was in the chat, you know. So really appreciate that. So we're going to get our outros going on. My co-host with the co-most, Lord Attic. What do you have cooking up and when can the five people find you? I guess he can't be found. <laughs> Tooth the tooth took him down. <laughs> no, no, I'm here. I was talking okay. to my brother. Oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Was this my outro? Yeah, it's outro time, brother. All right, I appreciate everyone for coming by. Uh, I definitely appreciate Matt for coming by. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, it's like I said at the beginning of the podcast. I wanted to actually sit down and have a conversation with you, so I made myself get up with a wisdom tooth impacted. Um, mm-hmm. appreciate, appreciate it. You. I definitely follow you on Twitter, and uh, thanks for all the hard work you do in the industry. Oh, thank you. Right on. Appreciate Absol- it. Absolutely, man. Definitely a lord in the realm. Lord Sovereign. What's going on with you? And uh, where can the fine people find you? Well, yeah, first off, man, much thanks to Matt for coming through. Uh, we realize how hectic your schedule is. Like, mm-hmm. it's kind of nuts. And, and we appreciate so much that you take time out of your schedule to come here and talk to us. Because I know, you know... The, it's it has to be kind of crazy like your work being sort of like the the fuel for the fanboy wars and stuff like that. It's, like, it's always great to have you on and for you to kind of set people right and and give your perspectives on what's going on in this industry that we all love so really appreciate your time man mm-hmm. all right on anytime that was fun absolutely lord king where can the fine people come? I'm glad we glad we got the clarification out with the uh, the fudging <laughs> i love that segment that was awesome <laughs> <laughs> look, you there? Oh, he looks like he's muted. He looks like he's remade stepped away a little bit. Hopefully, we get him back. Well, oh, sorry, yeah, I was muted. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I was gonna say, hey. <laughs> um, <laughs> first of all, first and foremost, I would like to say thanks, Matt, for showing up. Great show. Um, I knew it was gonna be a great show. Which you was on. A lot of viewers uh tuned in to listen to what you had to say and to get a better understanding of how they actually work, how the numbers actually work. And you were very articulate and clear in uh, getting it across. Uh, you actually asked answered the question that I didn't think that you was gonna even approach. Uh, so I'm very happy in that. Um. Like I said, I'm so happy that you showed up. Uh, the fine people can find me on Twitter, uh, Instagram. Oh, no, you're not, you know, don't. don't <laughs> We're not doing don't, that. <laughs> uh, I'll shut you down there. Don't, don't, don't do uh, Just, yeah, just, just look for me on Twitter and um, Xbox and PlayStation. And that's it. No doubt, no doubt. No, hold, no on, hold on, hold on, King, uh, King. You gotta tell them your PlayStation gamer tag. Yes, tell them everyone your PlayStation gamer tag. They love. Them. Oh, and this is real, Matt. Is Xbox three sixty lover one? <laughs> and there you and, have it. And, and the fact that Sony doesn't allow you to change your name, it's mine forever. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, it's Lord Cognito here. The gaming realness has been spread in the realm. Once again, much appreciated for Lord Piscatella coming out, taking time out of his extremely busy schedule. Really appreciate what he does for, for gamers. He's very personal. You know, definitely, if you have any questions, tweet him. He's very active on Twitter. And it's always good to see the trends in the industry and just to learn where things are going. And again, really can't thank you enough for coming by the Iron Lord podcast and dealing with our foolishness in the realm of the Lords. <laughs> but um, yeah, man, we're going to um do these outros real quick. Please hit, like I said, thank you everyone for hitting the like 
and subscribe. Chat was absolutely lit today. Thank you so much for all the support and uh, the support in the Inner Circle Network Media Outlets. Tick Podcast was last night. They had a great show. The Multiverse is up tomorrow. Also, you can catch us on iTunes and SoundCloud. The links are going to be in the description. I'm going to also have uh, Matt Piscatella's info in there as well, as well as YouTube channel, because I love those videos when he puts them out. <laughs> but uh, also, yeah, thank you for also continuing to support the uh, Flashpoint series that I do with Ivantis. Number seven is up. It was a fun show. We had a lot of stuff going on there, and we got some more stuff cooking up. You know, the Lords will be at PAX in uh, hopefully E3. So uh, if you're out in these areas, please support, come by, say hi to the Lords. Lord Kings don't have some things cooking up for you as well. So that's going to be good. But um, on that note, everyone enjoy their Sunday. Have a good time and we're going to kill this thing, man. We out of here. Peace.